Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com forward slash swoopsworld. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's audibletrial, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L.com forward slash swoopsworld. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Welcome to another edition of Swoops World, right here on the new Talk Story Radio Network. Swoops World, where you get all you need to know about arts, culture, news, and happiness. Our number, if you want to give us a call tonight, is 562-912-3444. You can always email us at swoopsworld at gmail.com, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. Once again, if you want to give us a call, that number is 562-912-3444. Now just sit back and enjoy Another edition of Swoop's World on the new Talk Story Radio Network. another edition of Swoops Royal Late Night. It is Wednesday, September 17th, 2014. How's it going, Peter? It's going well. Looking forward to... Hang on, man. I got a... Something bad is going on here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting too many... Uh... There we go. That's much better. Hey, man, it's been, a, it's been a hot one out here, huh? It has been a hot like, week, essentially. Exactly. We've had uh, triple digits in some places. I think we get Yeah. So pretty, pretty close. Yeah. For us and for us, you know, there are certain places like the valley where that's normal. Right. Ish. Uh, but this late in the year, it is. We got a big night ahead tonight, man. We have uh, Larry Lack Henderson who uh, who's been on the show back in uh, I think it was 2011 when he was here, Peter, and we get oh, to wow. talk to him. Oh, Smart hip hop, and he's. Uh, Got some new songs out, and we get a chance to talk to him. Very interesting stuff. Uh, and after uh, him, uh, Jack Nunn will be dropping by for a little bit. Of course, we're we'll going to be talking to Anthony Davis, as always. we got Brewskis. we got a full night, man. It's going to be uh, good. a whole bunch of sports talk. A whole bunch of sports we talk. We do a whole show. <laughs> we do three hours of, three hours of the NFL. <laughs> Just at least. least. <laughs> it's, it's sports-related. It is sports-related. So we got a, we got a full <laughs> night. Looking forward to that. And, uh, you know, T-Bone should be showing up pretty soon. So we got T-Bone's time out. Uh, really, really busy night. It, but uh, like we were saying, man, it's, uh, you know, I don't know people in the rest of the world, but uh, SoCal has been blazing hot the yeah, last And, you uh, know, so. put that in perspective. Like, we are complaining because it is hot, like, ridiculously hot. In fact, this is hotter than it was at any point in the three months of summer, right? Yeah. June, July, August that we think of as summer, right? Uh, two weeks ago, yeah, today's the... Eight days ago, my mom, who's up in Edmonton, Canada, sent me a picture uh-huh. of her window. Yeah. And uh, they got their first snowfall. <laughs> first snowfall in September. Not even late September. First snowfall, like, it was like the 7th. Yeah. Or something like that of September. And then, you know, it wasn't like stuff that stuck. 
it, it eventually melted, but still, it coated everything. <laughs> so, I guess you're going to have to have one or the other. Exactly. <laughs> so I got to have one or the other. I think I'm going with the heat. I'm going with the heat. Because, you know, this morning I went surfing for an hour or two. Yeah. And I didn't even notice the heat. No. It, it all worked. The water was like 72 degrees. I'm no like, wetsuit. Yeah. No wetsuit. I'm like, this is pretty darn nice. That so is nice. I'm going that way. I, I'm with you on that one, brother. <laughs> <laughs> you listen to Swoops Rolling Talk Star Radio Network. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, listen to uh, one of Larry's songs. This is called Black Man Rock. And we'll be back after this. <laughs> Yeah. 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 Uh. What's America without the black labor? Some of people's faith without the burnt grass savior. The migrators result in another races through adaptation, adjusting the climates that God gave us. You see us in them pyramids, many colorful images. Founders of the faith at the root of what of religion is. Coming out of slavery, overcoming horrificness. Having us a fam over where Columbia's district is. The black mind designed the first boats. I wouldn't be surprised if Noah had some old notes. The pyramids of Giza preceded a foreign touch. They shot the nose off the sphinx as it resembled us. You see the obelisks all over the metropolis. A resurrection of the goddesses with the phalluses. People always tap into black spiritual symbols, but never give the credit to who was so influential. Shout out to brothers running programs in the inner city and the guidance counselors counseling to the inner gritty parents and the teachers really trying to reach them and give them a better diet to what the media feed them. Motivational speakers who believe in the empowerment, elevating your manner by overcoming your challenges. Anything is possible, visualize it, believe it, conceive it, and you'll achieve it, accomplish it, and repeat it. Self's the only way to move Trying to get a handle on life So every day is smooth So we never settle, we fight Cause we create the rules Know that we can make it despite What you can say and do Controlling the beast through intelligence Spiritual development The body's a temple, your soul dwelling it Haters in the negative Critics become irrelevant They don't overstand me I work with a different regiment I am the first color that was ever made Part of one human family that got a lot of shades Part of one culture extended to an ancient day Part of one people's determined to always make a way It's undeniable the power that's inside of you Gotta tap into a deep zone like a rider do Nothing comes easily, handle it like a fighter do And let books by Michael Teller inspire you Learn and know thyself, and 
based our actions on our own thoughts, feelings, and belief. Our goal should be to connect and listen to a higher self and allow it to guide us. My name is Joe Thompson. I'm 29, and thanks to my college degree, I'm a systems analyst, and the college me would tell you. I wouldn't be here without Big Brothers Big Sisters. My big brother believed in me, and to a seven-year-old, that means a lot. My big brother's name is Phil, and Phil is the reason that this seven-year-old grows up to be a systems analyst. Whether you donate money or time, you're helping Big Brothers Big Sisters help a child. Start something today at BigBrothersBigSisters.org. Brought to you by Big Brothers Big Sisters and the Ad Council. Hey, how you doing? This is Joe Walsh. I'm speaking on behalf of Rad. It's okay to rock and roll, right? But don't drive home drunk. If you're drunk, call me up. I have a limo. I'll come and get you. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, Rad, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Hey, there's a sharp phone on the wall, and you're listening to Swirl. Welcome back to Sue Swirl on Talk Story Radio Network, and we're going to get our guests back on the line. We had him on the hook, but uh, we just dropped his call, so we're going to call him back real quick. Yes. There we go. Well, let's welcome Larry Lack Henderson back to the show. How you doing, man? What's going on, man? How are you? Doing great, man. Doing great. It's it's been a few years since uh, since we last had you on here, but uh, we're uh, we're happy to have you back. And uh, you, you know, we, we, let's, 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 for the listeners who didn't hear you last time and don't know much, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and how you started uh, Smart Hip Hop Entertainment. Cool. This is um, Larry Lock Henderson. I'm um, from New Brunswick, New Jersey. I grew up in uh, Willingboro and New Brunswick, New Jersey. Um, I am the CEO as well as featured artist on Smart Music Entertainment. And Smart Music Entertainment is a company that I designed so we can promote the importance of educational, uh, promote the importance of education by utilizing pop music. Nice. Um, when you uh, when you decided that this is kind of the way you wanted to go and, and, and use the music for the education, what was the first initial response you got? Well, um, I mean, the, when I first decided to do the company, you know, the initial response, you know, before the music and before the album, when it was just sort of an ideal and you know, I was working on everything, it was it was more like, you know, don't don't waste your time. You know what I mean? It was like, well, nobody's interested in educational hip-hop music. So, uh, you know, why would you even bother to, to completely go into this lane? But, you know, I don't think people, you know, I, I number one, I saw the importance of it. Um, number two, I felt that I was very capable of creating the type of music that people would gravitate to. And, um, you know, number three, we have to do something um, to promote the importance of education. So, you know, outside of what people were saying initially, 
I just I just really kind of listened to myself, tuned every you know everybody out except for the team that I gathered around me, and you know we just been pressing full steam ahead ever since. Isn't that? I mean, that's really important uh, when you when you're out there creating things and, and you have a vision. Um, sometimes you have to kind of look past the, the oh. naysayers and, and, and move forward, huh? You have to look past the naysayers. You have to believe in yourself because there's going to be times when that's the only person that's believing in you. So, uh, you know, you definitely have to, um, you know, equip yourself and, and understand that when you when you embark on a, um, when you become an entrepreneur, then you're going to have to do everything uh, that requires success. You know what I mean? You're going to have to stand alone. You're going to have to believe in yourself. You're going to have to map the company out from A to Z. You're going to have to understand that there's going to be pitfalls. you got to prepare yourself for all of that if you really you know, want to try to be a successful entrepreneur. And uh, especially when, when I feel like you create something that has a purpose. Right. When you, uh, when you decide, uh, I mean, you, you, you cover so many different topics, uh, and it is educational, how do you how do you go about choosing uh, who you're going to highlight or, or, or these uh, you know people that you are going to spotlight or what angle you're going to take or is it more like you uh, create kind of a, like a lesson plan? Um, but I mean you know you, you, you did the Harriet Tubman and, and a number of other people and other other issues and, and the, the Supreme Court type stuff. How do you uh, make a decision on which way you want to go with things? I really just kind of do things that I'm interested in. You know, lesson two, as we're going to release it single by single because we live in a digital age, you know, I have a song about Harriet Tubman. I also have a song about Christopher Columbus. I also have a song about um, Queen Nzinga. We're also going to do a song about Paul Rosen. You know, I, I, I find these people interesting. Yeah. And I think that, you know, being able to capture some of their story, you know, and put it out there through the means of hip-hop, it's just something that's great, you know what I mean? So it's really, I'm interested in the subjects that I rap about. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's important that, um, you know, you don't just tackle something that you really don't have an interest in because then you're trying to force something. Right. You know, this is, you know, I'm really passionate about the subjects. I'm really into everybody that I'm talking about. And, you know, these are things that I'm just naturally into. You know, we got a song about the solar system on this album. You know what I mean? It's, it's, you know, these are just subjects that I'm into. <laughs> you know what I mean? Do you think, you know, when we talk to a lot of songwriters, and, you know, they say, oh, they write about, you know, they write songs about experiences and, and things like that, and, and, you know, and stuff that just kind of comes up in their, in their head when they're just kind of, you know, messing around with notes and things like that. But, you, you know, you're, you're tackling, you know, historical aspects of a lot of things. Um, is there, does, does it take a lot of... Uh, do you have to do a lot of research uh, prior to prior to doing the lyrics, or do they just come down naturally, and you kind of know which way you want to go with it, and you're just gonna you know work around that? Requires a lot of research, yeah. you know. Um, as far as hip hop and, and rap music, you know, I started rhyming when I was in the third grade, and you know, I also was doing music, rapping about what I felt, rapping about my experiences and things of that nature, and just letting my artistry flow you know i think that's what laid the foundation for me to do what i'm doing now because yeah. now it does require you know a lot of research a lot of double checking a lot of asking a lot of questions a lot of reading you know, different books and material and you know making sure that the information is correct and then transmitting that information um to to a beat you know yeah. putting it in rhyme format so you know that takes a lot of work but i do feel as though 
starting out rapping so young, being in ciphers, being in battles, you know, just really diving deep into the um to to the culture of hip hop and and the uh the rapping part of it, you know, it's allowed me to really do this comfortably. You know, I, I like what I do. Um I think I'm an artist by nature and um, you know, I, I really don't uh I really don't have a problem putting everything together now. It's it's more about gathering the information. That's right. you know, that's a tedious process. But as far as, you know, writing the rhymes, you know, that's that's the fun <laughs> aspect of it. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, who, you know, when you, when people talk about, uh, you know, which, you know, you're talking about like basically black history and it's a subject and it's a school subject. Uh, so was it something that, was there something or someone that inspired you and, and, and motivated you and mentored you when you were younger or uh, how did you, you know, cause a lot of people, when you talk about, you know, you said you started rhyming back when you were in third grade and stuff like that. A lot of people who were rhyming, they, they stick to, you know, what they know in the streets and they don't, you know, they don't branch out or evolve into something very so, so specific as, you know, educational stuff. Uh, what motivated you to go that way? Oh, it was a couple of things. Number one, you know, it was, I started reading at an early age. Um, you know, I didn't understand what I was reading, but the first, the, the first thing that happened to me that caused this whole reading phenomenon was I was in the fourth grade and I got suspended for fighting. And um, I was home for two weeks. So my aunt made me read this book called The Narrative Tales of Frederick Douglass. And I think this was the second time I had been suspended. So it was, um, I, I then had to read and do a book report. And what ended up happening, it was like, okay, every time you get on punishment or kicked out of school or get into a fight, you're going to have to read something and do a book report for me. So in that kind of, you know, having reading those books at that early age planted a seed. Right. Outside of that, I was always in an environment where people were, uh, you know, debating, I'll say. So it was the Christians against the Muslims, people who believed in politics versus people who didn't believe in politics. And this was just every day on the block. Right. It was, you know, Sunnis versus the five percenters. You know, so every day, you know, or at least in, in the communities or in the circles that I was around, you found these interesting conversations where people was bringing so much knowledge to the table. So I'm already reading these books that I don't understand. And now I'm watching these people argue about these subjects that I have no idea what they're talking about. That kind of forced me to read more and, um, you know, put, put fuel on the fire. And then I think I just have a natural interest in black history. Yeah. You know, once, once I got the ball rolling, you know what I'm saying? And they got a little older then for me, I was just interested in things. You know, I wanted to find out, you know, more about the African culture and spirituality and things of that nature. And then I translated that into hip-hop music once I got to a point where I realized that we're not doing enough to promote the importance of education. And I'm reading all this material, and, and I have, you know, I'm not going to say a lot of knowledge, you know what I'm saying, but I do know a little bit about a little bit. And I'm like, well, I can, you know, put this into my rhymes and I can at least help, you know what I'm saying, some of the people that came up like me to become more interested in these subjects right. or at least give them something more positive to put into their brains while they're still feeling the effects of a hardcore hip-hop song. So, you know, it, it, was, it was a combination of, um, of uh, different things that happened along my path. Great. When, uh, when you... When you uh... 
so it sounds like you started you started moving that direction when you were still young, um, and uh, I'm not saying you're not young now, but I mean when you were still a young man, uh, a young boy uh, growing up into to teenager age and stuff like that. Uh, so right. your, your peers at the time were probably listening to hardcore hip hop. How did how did the the young the youngsters at the time take it? Or were they were they uh, fired up too? Did they kind of want? Did that inspire them to uh, to to dig deeper into their history? Well, I mean, I didn't start rock. I mean, this was as far as educational hip hop music. This is I've been doing this for about six years now. So oh, okay. I started uh, smart smart music entertainment six years ago. We released Lesson One in 2012, and we kind of you know just been rolling ever since. You know, the process of smart music entertainment, it came about being in the studio saying, okay, let me try to do this so I can see how it sounds. You know, that was the first, first step. You know I mean? As an artist, I wanted to make sure that I could create something and I could feel the music that I was creating, especially since I, I never kind of swam in these waters. So, you know, I, I wasn't doing educational hip-hop back then. I was rhyming about my experiences in, in battling and ripping people's heads off and all types of metaphors and all that types of stuff. So, you know, that, that was never the case back then. Those were just, you know, that those conversations were just natural arguments, you know what I mean? Standing on the corner, watching people argue, you know what I'm saying? And, and in a, um, you know, in the community, of course, everybody's, uh, you have some people that's fighting and shooting and, you know, stabbing and all of that types of stuff. But then you have people that just debate. Right. You have people that just have a war of words, and um, I, I always kind of gravitated to that circle. You, uh, you last time we spoke, I think it was right on the right on the cusp of the release of Lesson One. Uh, from what I've yeah. seen since then, it looked like it took off. Looks like you made a lot of appearances and, and, and a lot of places were uh, really interested in what you're doing, and, and you were able to spread the word kind of wide and deep on that one. Um, is was it was it the response you expected, uh, uh, or at any point were you surprised at how well people were taken to it? Well, I mean, I'm not. You know, the thing about it is, you know, I formed the company and I still have a goal. Yeah. So I, the response that I'm that I'm getting, it's not like I anticipated it, but I expected it because it was part of the goals. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it was like you know. Of course, when people say they like your music, that's a great feeling because you don't know you don't know if they're gonna like it or not. You know what I'm saying? You, you know, you can only just dig inside yourself, put something out there, and then see what the response is. So then, once you know, once I started hearing the positive responses and and, and really seeing the kids pay attention to what I'm saying, and then watching the hip hop community gravitate to what I'm saying, and then watching people internationally gravitate to what I'm saying, then it was like, okay, I'm moving in the right direction. Right. And that's how I feel. I feel like, yo, we're moving in the right direction. We can't get comfortable. We still have a lot of work to do. We still got a whole lot of music to put out. We still have to build the company so that we can continue to put this kind of material out. So, you know, I have, you know what I mean, for me, I definitely am humbled and I appreciate the things that we have accomplished so far, but I have not reached, you know, the goal that, that I have ultimately set. So for me, I, I'm, I'm still in that grind mode. I'm still in that hustle mode. You know what I mean? I'm not sleeping. Yeah. And uh, we just, we just still going hard. It's, uh, 
you know, you say some really, really, really cool things there, and I thank any, any, anybody who's uh, thinking about becoming an entrepreneur or, or not even that, just within life. Um, it's very important to set goals, uh, and, and when you set, when you set your goals, um, you know, some people say don't, don't set them too high, don't set them too low, uh, but when you, when you set out and establish your goals and, 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 and look forward for what you want for your company. Um, what was your process for doing that? My process was saying, okay, what do I realistically think? Well, first it was, well, what do I want? Right. You know what I'm saying? And, and it was like, okay, I want to build the type of company that can sustain itself. So we have to be financially secure and independent. And how much is that going to take? You know, and that was my first thought. And then it was like, well, how can I realistically accomplish this? And then I started to think about that. And then it was like, well, I'm going to need to do this. I'm going to need to do that. I'm going to need to have this in place. I'm going to need to have that in place. It's going to take some time because this is a different type of company. You know what I mean? I, I thought about all of those things. I knew it was going to take a while, you know what I mean, especially for um, for an independent company like this one to really pick up the steam that we're picking up now. But, you know, for me, it was just it was just really thinking about what can I realistically accomplish, yeah. and um, and and or how can I realistically get to where I want to go, and and that you know I, I kind of started there and just laid out a game plan from from A to Z, and then just started working and moving on it. Nice. When you uh, when you started to uh, work on what is now lesson two. Um, did you right. already did you already kind of have an idea uh, what subject matter you're going to take up on that and in that, that light uh, you already kind of have an idea where you're going to go with the next one or uh, is it kind of uh, as as you get in the studio uh, do you kind of develop it then or, or do you kind of have a game planned out? Well, I mean, you know, I have like a, a four four um, album game plan already. Right. You know, so the songs and the subjects. You know, I already thought about everything that I wanted to talk about and wanted to discuss and wanted to tackle. And it was just a matter of getting the right beats and saying, okay, I hear this over that beat. So, you know, I already have this plan in motion. I'm already kind of like, you know, two albums ahead of, of what I'm doing right now. Nice. But, you know, at the same time, it's a, um, you know, you do have to pick the beats. And sometimes you're going to hear something and, and then, you know, you're going to change you know, I made changes for lesson two, you know, and because um, you, you definitely have to gravitate with the times. And I know that we're living in a digital age, which is why we're not just dropping the whole album. We're giving giving people single for single and letting them be in a, let, letting them download it for free. And, you know, so they can just have it and, and get it, you know, get it into the, their skulls. But, you know, you definitely have to um, change with the times. So even though I already had a four-album game plan, I, I realized that you got to move in the time that you're in. The things that I thought about six years ago and the things that I thought about in 2012 and 2013, they don't apply now. I just have the basic foundation, and all I can do is just tweak this, tweak that, but keep moving because I know what the ultimate goal is. So, you know, I, I have the subjects already, you know what I'm saying, and, and the beats is I, I don't pick the tracks early right so you know even though we're already working on lesson three and putting out lesson two right now you know i don't the things that i don't have are the tracks i like to pick those i like to have them fresh 
I don't know which producers I'm going to work with in the future, so I don't lock that down, and I don't want to record things too early. Right. But, you know, that's that's how I move. Nice. Do, uh, what, what kind of uh, venues do, do you get to, uh, to to perform at? I mean, you know, you know it's, it's interesting when, when people kind of want to, you know, you get into a pocket. I know you know you refer to it as educational hip hop, but that that should not, uh, you know, dissuade people from letting you you know perform in, in any venue at, at any time. I mean, I, I can go back to, to you know when I was uh, you know in college and stuff. I remember Gil Scott Heron was uh, was big back then, and uh, you know everything he was talking about was educational. But you know he you you could see him or hear him uh, on main what they call mainstream radio. Have you uh, are are you performing at, at, at locations and events? that are not necessarily educational events? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, listen, when, when we first started, I was in, in the club. I was actually in hip-hop clubs, you know what I mean? Uh, I was in Brooklyn, New York, and, you know what I'm saying? I was, you know, I was performing at underground hip-hop spots doing educational music because the thing that, you know, with this project, it still has a hardcore hip-hop sound because that's what I bring to the table. That's the music that I like. That's the music that I've always done. So I bring that feel and that emotion and that sound to the table already. It's just educational content. You know, I just switched up my words. So when I first started out, I was in those circuits, as well as being in the schools and being in the YMCA's and being in the boys, the boys and girls clubs and being in charter schools and high schools and middle schools. So I, I started out being all over the place from the gate. And what ended up happening was everything just kind of got bigger and bigger. You know, it turned into festivals. It turned into bigger clubs. You know, it turned into, you know, hip-hop conferences. You know, it just started to expand. Um, so it's, you know, this is something that I can perform at, at you know, I've been at the New Yorican, you know what I mean? Uh, today I was at York uh, College in um, Jamaica, Queens, New York, performing at a um at the ninth annual men's conference, nice. you know, last week I was at um, the Raleigh, North Carolina African American Festival. I went on for the Zap Band, you know. So we, we're kind of just—you can't put us in a pocket. Nice. The only thing that has to happen is you have to hear the music first, because when people hear that it's educational hip hop music, they don't get it. Right. And that's that's one of our biggest challenges with smart music entertainment. We got to get you to press play because you're not going to understand what we do until you hear it. Because it's it's not really anything out like this now. You know, I'm not the first educational rapper to come along, but there's nothing out like this, like the music that I'm creating. There's nothing out like like right now. Absolutely. Sounds like what I'm putting out. Well, on that on that note, let's uh, we're going to get into uh, Harriet Tubman, the conductor. Um, right before we uh, right before they play that, uh, do you want to you want to tell anybody about? Uh, the, the process uh, behind that and, and how you uh, decided to, to put this down? Yeah, it was, you know, doing research on her life. You know, she's one of the freedom fighters. She's a phenomenal woman. She's a person that I don't think people know enough about. And I couldn't tell her whole story within that three to five minute time span. But I definitely feel like, you know, people need to know more than she just grabbed some black people and started heading off. <laughs> so, you know, I definitely, I definitely wanted to just tell her story and, um, you know, put it on, put it a put it on a hip hop track and hopefully people feel it. Nice. You're listening to Larry Locke Henderson on uh swoops road on the talk show radio network. This is Harriet Tubman, the conductor. We'll be back after this. 
Mafia started when I was five Hired out to watch a baby and he beat me when he cried I consider that too much of a price Even though I'm thick skin, some of the scars stay with me for life I ain't never been the type to spin around to the other cheek Putting up a fight to me and my people's all afraid Four brothers, four sisters, thick family I'm the fourth child, you following mathematically Guards in my veins, I can feel it in my soul Three older sisters never seen again when they were sold When they came from my brother, my mom's made them a promise Whoever tried to take him, she split and open your noggin Mommy was a rider, spiritual advisor Security provider, that's why I'm a live wire When they ain't take my brother, I felt the power inside of me Influenced by the moment, I'll never settle for slavery Heavy metal weight in my head as a teen Now with seizures, narcolepsy and strange dreams From the tribe of Asante through grandma Modesty, being free, holding my own, just a part of me You thinking about coming after me, better bring your faculty 20 miles away before you even know what's happening Cargo on my train and it's something like traffic I'm Harriet the conductor, I ain't never lost a passenger I'm plotting on my escaping, I'm married and feeling patient I'm outie with no debating, you silly for conversating I'm breaking and why you waiting and I'll make it I'll be sure to get the safest route to travel and be back But you was based September 17th, 1849 Me and my brothers Henry and Ben said it's mine So we left for Maryland, headed towards freedom land But they feet chillied up, so we turned around and went back to the owners Believe me, I didn't wanna Had I knew my brothers were scared, we in the bottom A little while later, man, I ran away again But this time straight dolo fan backs to the wind In the middle of the night, in the winter and the cold I was navigating on the Underground Railroad Nah, it ain't a literal train It's a form of resistance Just with the railroad theme So a station's a safe house Where the runaways go And the runaway slaves are considered cargo The person who hit them considered a station master And the stockholders the one who put the cash up Me, I'm the conductor I transported the cargo Routes that I took remain secret I took an oath, boss of my train You get on, there is no rebelling Grown man said he turning back And I had to tell him Fam, why you had me bring the metal out? Cock it back, point it at your head and bring the devil out. There's no going back. Besides, you gon' snitch and I'll kill you where you stand before you sing behind the whip. Running from slave catchers, a bounty on my head. Until my whole fam free, I don't really care. Had a 10 year span with 19 or so trips. I done free so many slaves, they calling me Moses. During the Civil War, because of my skills, I became the first woman to lead an armed assault. I am Harriet Tubman. You need to fall back or conduct. I never ran my train off the track You thinking about coming after me Better bring your faculty 20 miles away before you even know what's happening Cargo on my train and it's something like traffic I'm Harriet the conductor I ain't never lost a passenger Hey, there he is. How's it going? I'm having a stroke. Are you going to shake my hand or what? I'm having a stroke. Wow, you're not even moving your arm. I'm having a stroke. Are you okay? I'm having a stroke. Your face looks weird, too. I'm having a stroke. Are you having a seizure or something? I'm having a stroke. When someone is having a stroke, they may not be able to say it with words, but their body language will tell you loud and clear. I'm having a stroke. You just need to know the sudden signs. Look for FAST, F-A-S-T.
F, face drooping. A, arm weakness. Or S, speech difficulty. Then T, time. Time to call 911 immediately because the sooner they get to the hospital, the sooner they'll get treatment. And that can make a remarkable difference in their recovery. Know the sudden signs. Face, arm, speech, time. Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Look for a little ride. Now you can share the topics that drive the discussions of your favorite talk shows with TalkStream Live's topic-driven talk radio. We gotta talk. Let's take a drive. List and promote real-time talk radio topics or post the topics that you want to hear. Hot topics are tweeted and retweeted and include simple click-to-listen audio links. The future of talk radio is topic-driven talk radio. That's what I call real drive. Available now at TalkStreamLive.com. Talk Story Radio. Hi, this is Barry Rolera. You're listening to Scoop World. And welcome back to Scoop World on Talk Story Radio Network. We're here with Larry Lack Henderson, uh, Smart Music. In- what is it? Smart Smart Music Entertainment. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. I'm yeah, good. Sure, we got you back there. Um, you know, we, you know, we've we've been talking about a lot of stuff. Uh, one of the things I wanted to I wanted to ask you is, um, you know, as an independent artist and stuff like that, you have to wear a lot of hats. And um, not only do you have to be the creative aspect, got to be the business aspect. And you you, you talked at length about you know planning and, and uh, having a vision, but uh, you know, day to day is you know, is it difficult? To you know, do the uh, you know do the marketing, do the uh, the social media stuff, and be creative, and get in the studio. I mean, you know, it's a lot of a lot of work for you know even a small team. But how how much of that is uh, enjoyable, and uh, how how easy has it become? Well, you know, number one, I have a great team. You know, I mean, shout outs to Kay Madeline. I mean, you know, she's um, as far as marketing and contacting and making sure that we're able to. Um, to, to to handle certain things as far as marketing is concerned, you know she handles that, and and that's you know she's she's at she's at the top of her game with it, you know in the studio, you know I have another phenomenal team, you know shout outs to my man Dave, Dave Halsey, uh, Mercury Beats, and my man Jay from uh, Secret Service Beats, and you know different people that I work with, you know and and then. Uh, the artists that I have working on the album covers, you know, shout outs to them. And, and then the different people that I have taking pictures, you know, shout outs to them. And then the different, you know, people doing videos. You know, I just have a, a good team of, um, you know, I just have a good team. You know what I'm saying? And I think one of the things that you have to do uh, if you're going to um, run a business is realize that you can't do everything, you know, and get the, and get the top people that you can get to do the jobs that you need done. You know, my speciality is just putting everybody together and making the music, you know what I'm saying, and just over, you know, making sure that every, providing the vision for the company and making sure that everything gets done. But, you know, by no means am I as talented as Madeline. I'm not as talented as Dave. You know, I'm I'm just the rapper and the performer and the person with the vision and the person that brought everybody together so we can accomplish these goals. But, you know, that's... That's part of, um, you know, saying that's part of putting the business together. You have to realize that you can't do everything. You know, it's, it's interesting because yeah, I have to admit, you're one of the few artists we've talked to 
uh, in quite a long time that is actually has taken the time to put a or, or at least mention that they put a team together to handle a lot of the things that a lot of these you know a lot of the artists talk about what is difficult for them to do each day because they try to do it all themselves and I think I think uh, you know that's an outstanding uh, setup and an outstanding way to go and understanding what your what your you know what your capabilities are, and somebody's better at such and things, certain things than you are, and letting them handle it is uh, that's building for success. Definitely, definitely. You know, I mean, it's. I think everybody has strong points, and um, you know, and then there's different people that whose strong point is recognizing that other people have strong points. <laughs> so, <Absolutely. you> know, <laughs> it's, it's you know, it's it's definitely a matter of um just picking the right people, making sure that the chemistry is good, but you have to provide the overall vision. You have to make sure that things are getting done. You have to monitor the progress. And, um, you know, for me, I got to make sure that I am, you know, putting out, making sure that I'm providing the best material for everybody to work on, you know, and that's, that's, that's definitely a, uh, an important aspect of it as well. Peter, you had a question? Oh yeah. Well, we were talking about in the break, uh, uh, John Henry, like that seems like, is this a subject you've kind of come upon this? Uh, Swoop and I were talking about it. We're, we might be a little bit older than you. Uh, and, but we were talking about how growing up, like this was a cool story, mythological, you know, heroic stuff. I could see this. And a lot of people apparently have done some songs and, and whatnot about uh, this, this guy who gave his life to prove that, you know, humans were more powerful than the machine and you know like that whole you know triumph and all that but the ultimate sacrifice i, right. I, I can see that being a great uh, a great song for you okay yeah you know i definitely got to do the research on it yeah you know i try to um i don't know what you're talking about right off top but i definitely you know look look into that and if i can if i can provide some type of um you know, something that's informative and something that I think is interesting and something that I can give to the people that I feel will, that they'll gravitate to and, and put something positive in their head. Yeah. Instead Check of the negativity that's floating right around. Up your alley, man. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Definitely will, man. That sounds like a great idea. You have any, uh, you have any upcoming performances? Uh, you know, you said you're, you're, you were kind of busy last weekend. Uh, uh, are you staying busy? Uh, you got anything uh, upcoming you want to tell everybody about? Yeah, I think we will be in Morehouse College, uh, I believe, um, uh, next week or the week after. Well, I, this is what I know is coming up. I know we'll be at Morehouse College. I know we'll be in Boston for a show. I know we'll be in Savannah, Georgia for a show. I know we'll be in California for a show. And I know we'll be in Florida for a show. I don't want to confuse the dates. I know all of the information is on the website, um, smart-hiphop.com. And I don't even want to mess the names up. <laughs> but I know I know we'll be in, in, in those areas in the immediate weeks to come. And then, you know, beyond that, you know, which we'll be in uh, just all over. You yeah. know, we're pretty much traveling from here to August. Nice. We'll have to see where you're going to be in California, maybe a bit close by. We'll be able to pop in and then check you out live. That'd be great. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We uh, we have uh, we got another one we're gonna play from you here in a bit. Uh, it's uh, "Laugh at My Pain." Tell us a little about that. Well, this song is um, it's an anti-bullying thing. Uh, you know, I I feel as though we're not paying enough attention to the people that are being bullied. Matter of fact, in the newspaper or just online in the news yesterday, I was reading how a 12-year-old uh, committed suicide because he couldn't take 
uh, the bullying that was going on in his life. You know, this is just a very serious subject. And then cyberbullying today is crazy, especially with this new Internet age that we're in. So this song was just bringing out or bringing more awareness to the subject of bullying and anti-bullying. And that's, that's really the purpose of this joint right here. Well, we're going to take a listen to that. You're listening to Swoops on the Talk Show Radio Network. We're here with Larry Lock Henderson. I'm going to take a quick break, listen to Laugh at My Pain. Be back after this. Much coming up, and I'm from a town with a left fly. Everybody thugged out, sleeping on the couch, shed a pillow with a roach, and I'm short, so the jokes came. Everybody bugged out. No gear might have looked weird, cause I had new kicks. Mom had a fetish for the shoot game, but I never had lunch. Maybe so the stomach rubber lens had to play it off like it was a new pain. I ain't get it past everybody laughed, turned red. I was so humiliated. Turn pain into strength, any tact, any clown with a joke, like what you say, kid. Now the fight game's up, and I'm looking for anybody doing worse. And I put it in a verse, I ain't want another feeling pain. It was more about making sure another person shared my hurt. Bullying is addictive when it comes easy to you You be attacking whoever looking the weakest to you You rather dish it than take it cause you can't handle that You was the person everyone used to be laughing at Picking on kids never good, never should You should win a bully, anybody be a better look Try to laugh with, instead of laugh at Try to motivate, instead of hate Give a smile and a bigger push On the right path, everything come around is karma Better have your heart right Don't bully him, cause a bully is a punk Trying to run from the pain of his own fright You don't wanna have to feel the pain of being bullied Don't be a bully and have karma come and deal with you Feeling empowered to come and handle you. You don't wanna have to feel the pain of being bullied. Hope you're bullied and have karma come and deal with you. Push me to the point, turn around because it's over. And have you feeling empowered to come and handle you? Words are powerful, they often get misused for hate. No matter the source, insults cut deeper than you fools could take. Whether it be physical or cyber, son, it's all the same. People feel like taking their own lives to remove all the pain. No matter the age, you could be grown or young as five or six. Careful, cause it's many different levels, bullying exists. Whether it's a campus, a playground, or work environment. Whether it's your gender, your size, money, your influence. Consequences are real You could end up in the middle of a case Not being considerate Could end up as a criminal mistake Cause the victim might just be plotting On a retaliation And ain't no fail It's just crazy how many lives we wasting Some attack, some are high, some are run Some are getting help, some are getting a knife or a gun Motivation of a bully, some are need none Others is pain, others is fun Either way, family It shouldn't be You should uplift me, dawg but why are you laughing at me? You don't wanna have to feel the pain of being bullied. Hope you're bullied and have karma come and deal with you. Push me to the point, I turn around and be like. And have you feeling empowered to come and handle you. You don't wanna have to feel the pain of being bullied. Hope you're bullied and have karma come and deal with you. 
As a local health worker, he walks the pathways of his village in Mali, West Africa every day to help treat severely ill children. Like many children in the developing world, those in Salif's village are threatened by common illnesses that kill millions worldwide. But unlike villages without a local health worker, the children in Salif's village get the care they need to survive. And even though you can't walk in his shoes, you can help him with his work. Help one, save many. See where the good goes at goodgoes.org and find out all the ways you can help get the good where it needs to go. Brought to you by Save the Children and the Ad Council. So, I'm a dog, and I just got adapted by this new human guy, and I'm starting to wonder how he got along without me. I mean, okay, something as simple as walking around the block. He's got this leash thing, and he puts me on one end and him on the other, and I'm just taking him around. I, I think he's afraid of getting lost. Without that leash and me guiding him along, I don't think he'd find his way back home. But it's kind of cute. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org. The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Hi, I'm Angela Madsen, and I row across oceans, and I've really enjoyed being a guest here at Swoops World. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Welcome back to Swoops World Talk Star Radio Network with uh, Larry Lock Henderson, uh, smart hip hop, uh, total, total uh, uh, smart hip hop entertainment. Uh, very good rapper and educational uh, rap music and stuff like that. And, and uh, you get to hear three of his songs tonight. Uh, Larry, is there anything you want to talk about that we have yet to talk about? Um, you know, just wanted to let people know, man, they can find everything out at, you know, www.smart-hiphop.com. That, uh, you know, I'm on Twitter at Smart Hip Hop, Facebook at Smart Music Entertainment. You can email me at like at smart-hiphop.com. And, uh, you know, just that we're in the business of promoting education through utilizing hip-hop music. Nice. And they, everybody can find out all your all your appearances, upcoming appearances, right there on the website, right? Yep, right there on the website. We have an events column. Just click on that, go to that, and, you know, we'll, we'll probably be in an area near you somewhere soon. If, uh, if anybody wants to book you, how do they go about booking? Yeah, just email me, man. Lock at smart-hiphop.com. You know, go on the website. You can email us, you can call us, you know, you can hit me on Twitter, you can hit me on Facebook, go to Smart Music Entertainment, that's the Facebook page. You know, we're definitely easy to contact, um, easy to find, and, uh, you know, we're always um, talking to people every day. So it's, uh, you know, just get at us, man. We're, we're very, we're very approachable. Nice. You know what? I really appreciate you coming back on the show, man. It's been a couple of years, and, and, and you know we we got to see you when you launched the first one, and and and, and uh, 
hearing what's going on with the second one. You know, all the props to you and keep up the good work and, and all the success in the world for you, man. Appreciate it. Thank you, man. You know, and thank you for allowing me to use your platform, use your audience, you know, because without shows like this, we definitely wouldn't wouldn't be able to do what we do. Thank you, man. Hey, we'll, uh, we'll be chatting with you soon, man. Cool, cool. You brothers have a good night, man, and uh, thanks again. I appreciate it. Best of luck. All right, man. So hey, you get a chance to check him out. If you forget all the links and everything he told you, just go to swoopsroad.com homepage. Uh, right there on the uh, post that mentions Larry going to be on the show tonight. Click on his name. That'll link you to his uh, home, his homepage of his website, and you can get to all his other things from there, his Instagram and, and Twitter and, and Facebook, all that stuff, right from the homepage of his website. T-Bone's in the house. Hey. How you doing, man? I'm good now, man. <laughs> <laughs> Much happier and to be here and for it to be a little bit cooler. Yeah. Life is great right now. <laughs> it, 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 you know, it's amazing because, uh, you know, we're, we're happy it's cold down to the, to the mid-80s. Yeah. <laughs> I saw something on the news, uh, I think it was this morning or yesterday, where in downtown L.A. it was 103, which, was, uh, which tied the record from, like, 1904 or something. Really? Like yeah. Wow. Yeah. So crazy i know i know records were being broken all over yeah. so uh doesn't surprise me it, this reminds me of when i like in that you you you've been a little older you've been a teenager at this time but uh uh in the 70s we had a span like, did you have, to, like, have to use the years you could have uh, yeah. just gone you've been a teenager back then yeah and just yeah, gone on with whatever. the story <laughs> and we just had as you i'm sure you recall just had like four or five summers in a row that were just blistering miserable like what we're getting now seemed like four years of and uh i don't think we've had four years of it we've had you know yeah. a couple of years of warm uh but th- you gotta say i gotta say we've been pretty lucky i mean this is hotter than any of the weather we had june july august yeah. so i mean i know it's, it's miserable now but all things considered it wasn't so bad we didn't have really that bad of a summer we had some warm days oh, no. but we didn't have some we didn't have hot days like we're getting now. I mean, so. you, and I remember the years you're talking about because uh, I remember <laughs> how times have changed. Uh, you know, I had a hell week uh, yeah. during, during that period of time. And it, it wasn't like, uh, you know, now it's like they had shut out the too hot. And re- no, you had hell week. You know, they barely gave you some water. You know, you got your water from a little Coach is like, yes! Yeah, yeah. These guys are going to be tough! Got to suck it up, man. <laughs> what do you mean water break? Take a Water break! Water <laughs> break! Guys are just falling out. They were taking salt tablets. Yeah, lick the, lick the sweat off your arm. <laughs> I mean, we weren't wearing leather helmets, but still. <laughs> yeah. Things were rough back then, uh, man. Yeah. This, uh, this so weather here reminds me like when you were playing with the Junction Boys. Huh? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> All right, we're about five minutes away from Brewski's. And, uh, after Brewski's, Jack, Jack Nunn should be dropping in. Uh, and then we're going to move into, we got AD calling in, as always, and got a lot of stuff to talk about. T-Bone's timeout, plenty of stuff, plenty of, many, uh, plenty of things to go Even for the night. Uh, exactly. And this is uh, James Day. Come My Way, recorded live right here in uh, Swoops Roll Studios, back after this. Uh, come My Way. So long, 
ever since he left her, I always thought I heard her crying. I still watched her as she moved on. All the time I dreamed that we, from the start, were meant to be. Don't cry, little bird. Pick yourself back up and try to dry your tears and learn to fly away again. Don't cry. Touch the sky, touch the sky. Take me with you when you have to go. Won't you come my way whenever you're leaving? Take me with you when you have to go. Won't you come my way whenever you're leaving? Just come and rise so high like a shining star. See it just by leaving that you're coming too far. Why you won't compete against the all for the cost? All the minister you bring the financial laws. The melody that brings together all as she sings. Wildly different patterns and the style that she brings. Come step up, reel up, reel up, hit me again with a little bit of something that you like. When you come, I'll be waiting there. Ready to bear witness to the things that when you see you don't care about the superficial type of things you don't like. No situations come to bear. Too much time crying, many, 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 many tears for the cause. All the while you should sing your song to the stars, make up for lost years. Tears that they brought and gained from the freedom that you got. I tell you now, don't cry, little bird. Pick yourself back up and try. To dry your tears and learn to fly away again now. Don't cry, rise and touch the sky. Spread your wings and fly so high. Take me with you when you have to go. Won't you come my way whenever you're leaving? Take me with you. This is a guided meditation on parenting. Take a deep breath in and let go of the time you and your son played basketball and you attempted to slam dunk. Or when you hit that piñata into your neighbor's yard. Let it go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. There are thousands of teens in foster care who don't need perfection. They need you. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Let TalkStream Live transform the way you listen to radio. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. 
Sylvia, why won't you come back down? Listen to this. It's time for Brewskies, our beer tasting segment right here at Swoops Road Late Night, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. So grab yourself a glass, pour yourself a brew, and join us right now for Brewskies, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. Well, happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to a you know the most important, informative part of the show, the Brewski. Section. Anyhow, we're going to say that. We're just going to go with it. <laughs> no argument. Yeah. It's important. It's seriously important because it fuels the rest of the show. Here we are. Tonight we're having Green Flash. Uh, I think everybody's on board with this is one of our favorite breweries. We They're pretty consistently awesome. I don't remember. We've had them before. Really? God. Mein Gott! Um, these guys have produced uh, a session ale. Uh, so for those of you, I, I'm, I'm against session ales because you know what? I just I want the beer I want and when I, I want, want it, and, and I don't care if I'm drinking it at lunch or not. I have an end goal in mind. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I, I. But that being said, this is the cool new thing to do, and and I have tasted some of these beers, and. Uh, it allows them to do some kind of interesting, different things that they may not do. Uh, so this falls into that category as far as being a session ale. And here's what they have to say about it. Citra Session is the name of it. Epic Journey, journey Limited Release. Our Citra Session IPA is brewed with high-quality Maris Otter and Vienna Malt, but the flavor is dominated by the Citra Hops introduced throughout the boil and again in the dry hop for maximum aroma intensity. Notes of lemon, orange, grapefruit make this hop-laden brew a perfectly potable summer session IPA. This is uh, available August, September, and it's uh, 40 IBUs, 4.5% alcohol, and it's uh, available in the Bombers and I think uh, limited release uh, kegs. So you have to check it out. Uh, I personally love this brewery, and there's not too much these guys have put out that I, that I don't like. And the Citra... The Citra uh, hops is is an interesting one. It's it's not as piney as I think we all normally like, but it's still got it usually pairs nicely with the piney. So we'll have to see how this goes. I've not had this brew, and uh, so there you have it. Uh, Citra Session IPA from Green Flash. Enjoy. Salute. Salute. Timon, I think you were first up, man. All right. Uh, well, it does have a lovely aroma. Yeah. Um, you know, as far as pretty much all session IPAs go, it, it does come through a little watery. Um, I think that's what they do, essentially. Yeah. I think they make the beer that they want. And they, just they say, okay, let's... Let's dilute it. Let's little. dilute it. <laughs> I think that's what they do. Yeah. That's because it tastes like that every yeah. single time. Yeah. Um, so it, you know, it, 
when you when you take that big first swig, you feel like there's something missing a little bit compared to you know the IPAs of it's on the thin side, yeah, of our our, our, our apex. But uh, honestly, they they do a good job of making it still have some some nice hop characters. Yeah, and I'm gonna drink a lot more of it. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, yeah, yeah. go ahead. Uh, I, I was going to say, this is a beer, forget about the session part of it, uh, if you show up somewhere on a hot day like it is today, and this is on tap, <laughs> you're going to drink the shit out of this. This is the kind of beer that you drink in hot weather just like this. So I give them props for that. They got that spot on because this is an August-September release, and here in California, those are usually our two hottest months. Yeah. And uh, so I give them total props on that. I love the hop flavor. Um but as Tebow mentioned, it is a little on the thin side. Uh, but compared to the other sessions I've had by, I've had Stones, I think Lagunitas has one. I've had at least three other ones. And they're completely unmemorable. Mm-hmm. And this one really stands out. I'm, I'm liking this. And if I, I probably have seen this already and avoided it just because the session is in the name. Mm-hmm. This is a beer I would drink more regularly. Uh, that if, if it didn't, <laughs> if it just didn't have that in the name, I would have probably already encountered it. Um, yeah, it's a uh, you know what it's it's it kind of like what you said when I first uh, took the very first swig, uh, I was expecting personally I was expecting a little more hops, um, and you know I probably should have cleansed my palate because we we had split a, a pining the elder before that, but. Uh, it uh, it's really a good. It's actually a well-made beer. It tastes good. It's very refreshing. Yeah. And uh, if you're looking for something that's really, really super hoppy, I, I'm not getting that. I got it out of the aroma, out of, out, yeah. of, out of the gate, but I'm not getting it out of the taste. But I, I am liking it. I'm liking it a lot. Yeah. T-bone scale of one to ten. Ten being this. Uh, six. You know, I'm liking this. I'm probably gonna. I'm gonna go. Seven and a half. Well, I, I'm at a six too. I'm a T-bone and I on the same page there. Uh, so where are we at, bro? Six and a half. Six point nice. five. Nice, nice on me. <laughs> but uh, what are we eating with this, Peter? Well, as I said, this is a beer that is well suited to just sit down at the bar and go drink, drink, drink. Uh, it's not gonna you're not get that big heavy feeling. So in that way, it's a, it's great. Uh, if you're not you, gonna feel like parched and just yeah I yeah can't drink and you're not gonna feel like oh my god i just like i'm stuffed yeah it's yeah, like you had a big giant cheeseburger sort yeah. of <laughs> feeling um so it's a standalone beer which uh you know as we've said beer usually tastes better with something but this is one that could definitely stand alone if you're gonna pair it uh on a hot day like today you know thank grilled foods on the lighter side of things uh uh I'm thinking uh, fish. I'm thinking like uh, this would go well with fish. It would go really well with fish. I'm thinking like a, like a sea bass, uh, Patagonia toothfish, whatever you want to call that. Uh, this is going to go nice. Or with a true sea bass, this will go really catfish blackened, not fried. You know, this will go with uh, you know something, uh, some sort of romaine type of salad to go with it. This is gonna. Be a nice complement to those types of flavors. Caesar, Caesar, just go well with the Caesar. Yeah. So uh, along those lines. 
So as Peter states, all you pescatarians out there, you might want to flock to the uh, <laughs> citrus sessions. Uh, but a, a, a good beer, a six and a half. That's a, that's a above the uh, above the average there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good score for uh, his, us here at uh, Swoops Room and Brewski's Times. We are stingy with the score. We are. We're yeah. really, you know. You can, We've been doing this a long time, man. We're like the 85 Bears of beer ranking. <laughs> <laughs> the Bears. <laughs> there you have it, another edition of Brewski, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. That's Brewski, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. Go there, join the Beer of the Month Club. Get a case. Not a case, man. It's not a case. You get a box of beers You get each a month. box. You get half a case. <laughs> a cardboard container. You get half a case. <laughs> Four different breweries. Three beers apiece. So check it out, sign up. And when you do that, you also help us out here to pay the bills and keep the lights on right here at Swoosh Roll Studios. Happy to welcome back to the show. Uh, uh, he was a frequent guest. He's been here a number of times. Our favorite uh, fitness and nutrition expert, Jack Nunn. How you doing, Jack? Good. How are you guys? Good, man. Awesome. He's... Uh, He's enthralled in this pursuit that's going on, and uh, we're going to turn off your little TV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's me, <laughs> uh, but it's always it's always great to have Jack here and, and talk to him, talk about uh, you know some fitness stuff and nutrition stuff and and row works. And uh, actually, we have a, actually you already have a question about row works uh, that came in via text message here, and I will show it to you in a bit because uh, really it's you'll you'll see in a minute. But uh, what have you been up to, man? Not much. I like how we're talking about fitness and nutrition right after the beers. Yeah, well, hey. <laughs> they go hand in hand. They go hand. Hey, come on, hey, now. we are hydrating right <laughs> no, now. Seriously, though, <laughs> you know, the British uh, and Rowan, they actually used to drink beer for uh, like their Gatorade back uh-huh. 100 years ago, but for the carbohydrates. Ah. It was their energy there drink. Carving up there, see? That's a fact. We're yeah. finely tuned. We're I've yeah. been saying that for years. Yeah. Everybody keeps laughing at me when I say it. Still on oh, the cutting edge. Yeah. yeah. And we had uh, we had Irish guys on our team. We had a group of four guys on our um, college team that that drank like fish on uh, Guinness, and they swore by it, you know. And and they they were some of the most powerful guys on the team. So. And, and your team was doing pretty well. Yeah. We had Norwegian too, who was like, "Hey, if you guys can't handle the alcohol." But, uh, you know, anyways, besides that, um, yeah, no, things are going great. Um, you know, we're, uh, we're doing really well. We have lots of peop- new people coming in this summer, um, just trying to carry through the momentum. The summer months for us in the fitness industry are usually pretty slow. Um, obviously, the, the big months are January, February, when everyone's getting their New Year's resolutions going. Um, but I, I, I'm trying to really go against that, you know, that wave of, I'm too busy, kids in school, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to really emphasize, you know, you need to do it all the time, every day, um, through your life, you know, just stay active and make it a habit, you know. So. How do you, uh, how do you propose that people stay motivated? You know, like, there are people that, uh, I know that, in, you know, who never, ever stop working out. They, they work out some aspect of working out, you know, throughout their lives, I mean, whether it's jogging or, you name it, they, they have some kind of fitness routine. Uh, you know, I got a friend that does an enormous amount of push-ups each day and chin-ups, but they, that's what he does. Um, but, you know, a lot of people take big layoffs, why include it, and then come back and then make big layoffs and come back. How, does, how do you teach people to stay, uh, you know, stay involved? Uh, it's a good question. It's a great question. I've actually talked about it quite a bit. Um, 
conversations with just various people, but one of the things that comes up uh, with my own personal pursuit of fitness and competitions and stuff is people ask me why why am I doing Ironmans? Why am I doing triathlons? Why am I doing these things? Um, instead of focusing on my business or something <laughs> like that, and I tell them I'm like, listen, it's it's a motivation for me to keep going personally because even I get burned out of doing the same thing over and over. So, you, in other words, you're just trying to find something to keep yourself motivated and excited, I guess. Um, so that's why I plan these these events and do these triathlons I'm kind of taking a, a little bit of a break the last month and I, I was doing them every weekend almost um, but trying to keep yourself motivated through events or just fun things that you can do uh, with friends or uh, family or whatever and and just uh, to keep uh, to keep that going and that's another thing is working out with a group or one other person is so important I talk about that all the time because we get a lot of people who train in our facility and they say okay yeah I know how to now I know how to do it now I'm going to do it on my own I go no you're not <laughs> I mean you, there's very few people that I know personally that can motivate themselves every day to train I'm not saying it's not possible I'm not saying you can't do it but I'm just saying it's so much harder so why not do it in a class setting to keep yourself motivated yeah. and I know it works for me just as much as it works for everyone else I push people as much as they push me I'm not there necessarily to always push you. Like, you know, I, I, people are there to push each other. So, um, and that it goes with really anything in life, I think. Like, even work and job, you know, to help, uh, something to hold yourself accountable, something to motivate you. Because as individuals, I think, um, I only know a few people in my life that I can count maybe on one hand how many people really, truly can train on their own and do things just on their on their own right i was never one of those i i burnt i i couldn't do it you know even when i had a coach that was yelling at me or held me accountable i was like oh it's just one other coach <laughs> and i'd call him up and be like i'm not feeling so hot today you know and, i mean i would get in trouble for it but if it was another person and i had a coach or you know what i mean right. the more people the more accountable you are and so yeah i mean i i think just try and use and then for other people, motivation is weight. You know, it's a big one. Uh, although weight's really trivial because muscle weighs more than fat. So, you know, it's that's I don't really necessarily think weight's a great one, but it, whatever whatever motivates you. I mean, to each his own. It's kind of um, those you know just different tools. Whatever you can, whatever it is. Maybe people talking about. Um, the way you look, I mean, friends will tell you, or family members might tell you, like, oh, you know, you know, they might be brutally honest with you and say stuff, that might get you motivated, uh, maybe you're trying to get ready for a wedding or a birthday, I don't know, something in life, but, you know, use those, use all those things, and, um, it seems like this is a hard time, too, because a lot of people will, as you said, January, February, you're in, you're in your, I've made a, you know, commitment, I'm going to lose, you know, resolution, uh, and then you've got, you know, May, April, like, oh, summer season's coming up. I'm going to be in a bikini. I'm going to be in a, in a swimsuit. I got to look good. This is the sort of like, oh, Christmas is coming up. I don't have to. All these holidays. I got all these holidays. I don't have to do 
do nothing, right? So this seems like, uh, uh, from from the motivation point of view, this seems like a particularly difficult time to like, you know, everybody's got an excuse. I, I mean, me personally, I'm like, I've got soccer, I've got band this, I've got take my kid there, take my kid there. So now I got every excuse to not work out, right? right. And then and 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 then. What Thanksgiving's around the corner. Well, I do, I do, yeah. I, I do. But you know what I'm saying? I mean, for totally. for that, those people like who are having that trouble, that seems like this is the easiest time. Oh, totally, yeah. To slack off, and then you do you overindulge at at you know. Well, you've got uh, Halloween, Halloween, Thanksgiving, and then you know the granddaddy of them all, like just <laughs> where you literally have every and New Year's. yeah to do it all. Yeah. And it's so, Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, don't forget the Super Bowl. Thursday night football. Uh, so you've got a ton of good reasons to not. So this seems like for in that world, that's the hardest. Yeah, it seems like to me. Yeah, and totally. And another one with, I mean, with that goes along with nutrition. I mean, that's uh, fitness and nutrition go hand in hand. And you know, I want to say nutrition's like. I mean, people are saying oh, percentages, percentages. I, I say nutrition's a. Ninety percent. I mean, it's it's huge because if you're not eating the right foods, um, you're putting bad, you know, fuel in the tank, and that's going to cause more damage. So the whole notion of oh, I can eat whatever I want when I work out because I'm going to burn off anyways. That's that's well, that's that kind thoughts. of that's kind of old school thinking. I mean, because yeah, you, you, you see like some of these what we consider elite athletes dropping dead from you know heart disease or things like that. A lot of that is based on nutrition, right? I mean, yeah. they, 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 although they've worked out all their lives and they run and they've done this and this stuff like this, and they've they've achieved the top of the level uh, in, their, in their sport, but what they're putting in their bodies is also kind of been detrimental to them. Yeah, it's, it's like it's almost it's just it almost uh, cancer causing. It's just it, it's very there's all sorts of bad things that can happen. So um, if you don't have the time to work out or you know train as much nutrition's you know the next or the best thing i mean the number one thing to think about so what are you putting in your body and you know there's a lot of talk about uh, cutting things out you know cutting the latest craze is cutting carbs and cutting sugar i'm like okay that's great but you're not gonna have any energy to work out so because if you're cutting carbs and sugar that's energy that's fuel so I just tell everyone, hey, listen, just moderation. Check out the labels, you know, moderation on things. Don't just cut things out because that's really not um, that's not realistic. Well, and, and so along those lines, I mean, there's carbs you should or could cut out, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. pastas and rices and cereals. Yeah. And then there's carbs like fruit, vegetables, yeah, <laughs> carrots, broccoli, and kale, beer. Well, in beer, that you should not be cutting out, right? I mean, let's just get down to it. I mean, you shouldn't be cutting out your broccoli. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's foolishness. If you cut out broccoli, if, if you, if you're you, hurting yourself yeah. or whatever. Whatever if that vegetable is that you, you can do. If you use any of those carb-counting carb things, you look at a lot of the fruit, which is totally good for you. Yeah. It's high carb. I mean, you, it is. You know, high in carbs. You've got to go cantaloupe and watermelon and, you know. But it's off the chart in vitamin A, yeah, vitamin exactly. C, right. and then a whole bunch of things they don't even have figured out yet so like, it's a matter that of, are good for you. So it's a matter of what they call like, the difference between simple carbs and complex carbs. Yeah. Right. Which is, gets to it. 
And that's, that's, that's where people get where seriously people, that's confused. That's where people get confused. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> so when you tell people, I mean, you know, as you know, as a health expert and nutrition expert, people start saying, "Well, that's kind of overwhelming. I got to figure out which is a simple carb or complex carb. I got to figure out this and that." You, you know, like you said, don't moderation. But how do you tell people to tackle those types of things? Well, Should they worry about I all that kind I of know, stuff? No, an easy way, and I heard this from several people. An easy way is is be colorful with what you're eating. If you have a colorful plate. That's good. Natural colors, Yeah, yeah, natural colors. It's not a real dynamic. rules, If it's very, like... Keep it on thinking, blue M&M's are, like, awesome. Tricks are not just for kids. That's right. Like, you know, greens, beans, you know, fruits, vegetables, all that stuff. Red meat. Cut out, no. The meats are... But anything white, you know, like, or bland or whatever, and, you know, switch from wheat to corn uh, or Ezekiel um, or you know the gluten free stuff is in bad now but I mean it's all that stuff and I know I'm getting a little bit off topic with the fitness but if uh, you know it's the next best thing if you're not going to be working out is to really focus on your nutrition because that's half the battle right there or more than half the fitness will get your um, you know your it'll get your body your system moving faster so you'll drop you know what i'm trying to think your um uh, your physique yeah your physique and um and everything it'll just pick it up and and you'll get to so we'll all look like jack nunn no yeah (laughs) and then just be reasonable with your goals and I, i see a lot of people when they come in and like you're saying getting ready for beach season you know you're actually doing I don't want to say this, but, you know, I mean, it's something's better than nothing, but I see a lot of people coming in, like, maybe you know, days before Halloween or days before the holiday. Right, right. And they're like, I'm going to get fit in two days. No, you're not, actually. I'm going to work out extra hard <laughs> so I can eat extra more. Yeah. You know? Actually, know? It doesn't work feel, that way. You get the endorphins going, and it is, it is better than nothing. However, I am going to say it. <laughs> actually doing a little bit more damage than good because you're tearing your body apart and you're telling your body that, oh, I'm going to be working out or I have to adapt a little bit. And a few days isn't really going to change much, but it does a little bit. It tells your body, okay, oh, you're working out, so I better store some energy for next time. Well, guess what? That holiday hits. You start eating a bunch or drinking a bunch. Guess what your body's gonna do? It's gonna store more. Scroll on the way for the winter, man. Exactly. So yeah. if you're not, if you're not back on that wagon, if you're not back on that fitness wagon after the holidays, which most people aren't, you're actually doing yourself more harm than good because your body does adapt. So um, I, I try to tell people that, but it, it's you know it's human nature. And they come in, oh, I'm gonna get fit in like three days. <laughs> Sorry, and then you and then you're actually wearing yourself down. You're tearing yourself apart. Then you're putting bad stuff in your body. It's not repairing as well, and then you're holding on to it. So, and that's with these, you know, these 30-day, 60-day challenges. You know, people are working out super hard. It's a great. I'm saying it's something's better than nothing, but you got to keep doing it. You got to keep the 30-day challenge. Stuff. Great. Yeah. When it becomes the 12-month. Right. Lifestyle. Yeah, it's got to be a lifestyle. If it gets, if it gets you to that, right. if, if thirty days is like, wow, I feel so much better. This is what I'm going going to do. Yeah, 
then that it's great. But if it's like I'm gonna, I did 30 days and now I can go back to where I was, then it, you know, it like you said, it, it, it's done a disservice in that way. Well, here's, here's a question, uh, and, and um, kind of first one I pick it back to what Peter says. Uh, I think once you do something, I think they say once you do something for 28 days, you can start to make it a habit yeah. and then roll on. The question I have is, is, is just a lot of talk out there. Uh, you know, they say you know you got to mix things up and resistance. You know this and other, but some of the things is, is the questions people are saying. And I hear people saying you have to push weights. I hear other people saying negative body weight because body weight exercises build your core. Blah blah blah. Is there is one better than the other? Should you do a mix? Uh, how, how should you go? You know, some people say, hey, I can't afford uh, to, to purchase weights. I can't afford to join a gym. Is there something I can do? But what 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 are your thoughts on whether you know, weights versus body weight exercises. I mean, it really depends on what you're trying to do, but if you're trying to get lean and tone, yeah, um, definitely you got to mix in a little bit of weights. I would say 20% weights, not much. Uh, 20, 30% weights, 70% cardio. If you do all cardio, uh, it's, you know, it's not that, you're not really getting that lean and tone look. You're, you're kind of breaking down muscle. You're eating away your body a little bit more. You gotta have some kind of weights, and body weight does work. Plyometric stuff with your own body weight that does work pretty well. You can do a lot of things with that. Um, now, getting just light weights and doing tons of reps with those, that could be really, you know, you don't have to get big, big weights. I see a lot of kids uh, doing still to this day. It's amazing, um, especially in our sport and rowing. Rowing is repetitive, lighter weight, almost like your body weight. Um, 200, 300 times during you know, the course of a race. So I see kids in our sport doing bench press like with like 200 pounds or doing leg presses with like 300 pounds, four sets of 10. And I'm like, really, you guys? Are you playing football? Are you on the football team? You know, because that's football. It's quick, quick. Right. In rowing, it's more long, steady. So it really depends on what you're doing. But overall, I mean, I'm going to be biased because I'm an endurance guy, but... If you well, if you want to be lean and tone, which I think most people do nowadays, it's yeah, it's high reps, lower weight, even your own body weight. You could do with push-ups, uh, jumpies, burpees, squats, jump squats, um, planks um, on the ground, uh, sit-ups, you know, under the couch. Yeah, you could do a lot of stuff with, with body weight, um, one-legged squats, core work, balancing. I mean, there's a lot of things that we can do. And that, those are the things I do in boot camp. Um, we have a guy, Bill Chin, who's doing boot camp. He works with a lot more weights than I do. So it's a good mix. But um, we do offer boot camp four days a week at Rowworks. And then we do lots of, you know, 20 classes of rowing. And we actually have a, a new stretch class that we do stretching after class once a week. And then a yoga class. But, um, yeah, it's... It depends on what you're doing, but yeah, you got it. You got it in both weight, uh, some kind of weights, yeah. whether it's body weight or light weights. Um, and if you're doing football or something quick or sprint sprinting, like Usain Bolt, or those guys, those guys are doing high high um, high weight, you know, lower reps, really explosive, you know. Yeah. But they're using a lot of weights for sure. You touched on something, uh, uh, <clears throat> and I think a lot of times people have a question about it, so let's kind of tackle that. Stretching. Uh, how important is it to 
stretch before a workout? Should you warm up first and then stretch, or should you just, should you just stretch before you perform? Uh, what, what's the process there? Yeah, always. They've done scientific studies on this past, I mean, 20 years, 30 years, whatever. I mean, lots. But you never want to stretch cold muscles. You always want to warm up first and stretch. They've even gone as far as saying that you don't have to stretch before you work out at all. Um, that it can hinder performance. That's pretty far. Um, I always warm up and stretch, actually, but some races I get nervous and I'm not warmed up and I don't stretch um, before some triathlons and stuff. And I actually did pretty well. <laughs> so it's it's interesting. I do think a warm-up, though, is best. But when I'm like in, sitting in the car at 6 a.m. and it's freezing outside, which it was this past winter, not now, be nice out. Um, or I'm just lazy in the morning and I don't want to warm up, but I just want to start the race. I don't stretch. And um, it's it's not uh, – it's, it's just better to, to warm up and stretch. It's just better. But – Definitely after, for sure, always. Um, but you never want to sit there and stretch cold muscles. That's gonna—that's actually they've proven that it's, it hinders performance on multiple cases. So, um, but there is studies out there. One guy I think even said in the LA Times, which I read a while ago, he said, "Oh, stretching in general, never." <laughs> I think he just said that just to cause a, like a, a you know, big debate. Yeah. You know, get a lot of people looking at his thing. Stretch for sure. Um, warm up, and then afterwards, um, and, and you'll see. I mean, versus not not stretching versus when you do it. I think most people will want to prefer to do it because it feels better. Yeah. You know? One of the things uh, <clears throat> that's been popular over the last number of years, and, uh, and and you kind of mentioned some of the you know you're talking about boot camps, and then you hear people talk about CrossFit and stuff like that. And I think what those things. You know, you, boot camp or crossfit i think kind of overlap you're doing a lot of different uh doing a lot of different things as opposed to the old school way of going to the gym and it's like you know back and bicep day or chest and tricep day or you know whatever um so is is there an advantage to like a boot camp or a crossfit thing over what's traditionally been doing you know your basic weight workout um no i don't think i mean i think Again, this is like whatever. As long as it's fitness, and my and my personal outlook on it is, as long as your heart rate's up, whatever you're doing, if your heart rate is up and you're breathing hard, and you know it could be weights or cross or whatever in a group setting by yourself. Like I said, it's like we talked about a few minutes ago, it's going to be hard to do this by yourself unless someone's motivating you or something's motivating you. But in a group setting, I think it really pushes you more. But as long as your heart rate's up, you're breathing hard for that hour, you can't, I mean, you, like I said, something's better than nothing. If you're doing 20-minute workouts or 30-minute workouts, you've got to try and push it to that hour, if at all possible, because uh, that's the best. That's when you start, burn, you know, fat burn like crazy. Um, in 30 minutes, it's super hard to do that in 30 minutes, unless you're, like, <laughs> right away going hard, no break all this stuff, but even then, you, you want to push it to that hour. Um, but advantage as far as weight to CrossFit or something like that, or to rowing or whatever, I think as long as you mix things up and you don't say the same exercise all the time, and you're, you know, like I said, that, that, then that's, that's a good 
it might be yeah if it makes you work out it's worth it yeah it's a coach something there and if you buy it and it doesn't make you work out then well then you wasted money but if it if you're like i spent 300 bucks on this heart monitor to tie into the and you're like okay now i gotta sometimes because for some people that's what it is some people it is it's like i spent 50 bucks whatever i'm going to and some people are like 50 bucks no big deal i can and now you're not motivated. Yeah. It's whatever makes you motivated. And oh, yeah. Like the whole little Nike thing. And if you buy that thing and it makes you get out, I spent all this money. I need to know all this stuff. I think that's money well spent. Yeah, for sure. If you buy it and you don't use it, then you waste your money. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, anything that gets you out there. Yeah, and then, you know, your body adapts and the whole idea of I've talked to several Olympic uh, cyclists and rowers and stuff and – I've asked them, I'm like, how do you guys train? Do you guys use watts? And they're like, yeah, we use watts. We use heart rate. Heart rate's another one. But you know what? The most important one is is perceived exertion, is what we think is that level. Because when it comes down to it in a competition, if you're going to race, you're not looking at, I mean, you're looking at pace. You're looking at heart rate. You're looking at things. But you're really not looking at that stuff. Because otherwise, world records won't be set. You know, all that stuff. That's, that's, on, that's on you. How do you feel? When you're in the moment, you go for it. But to get there, you got to use these tools because you got to find out where you're going to be or where you're at. So, but with these tools, it's great with us with rowing because we could say right off the bat, the higher the number, the better, and it's a positive correlation. And if you're hitting your body weight, that's great. You're burning more calories. Um, and some people ask, well, what's the max? And I'm like, do you really want to? <laughs> it's like kind of crazy, but if you're hitting, you know, you just go for double, go for triple, you know, your body weight. And um, so 
then that gets people motivated to, to keep that and be consistent at that power. Uh, real quick, Jack, as we wrap things up, then, uh, um, people want to get a hold of you. Um, I know you've got several websites. You've got your, the Roark, you've got the Juice Plus, you've got a lot of different things. Let's get everybody the information on, on how they can get a hold of you. Yeah, so online, just Roworks, R-O-W-O-R-X.com. Um, and uh, Facebook is slash yeah, <laughs> um, and I also have a Twitter that's linked up to the Facebook as well. Through works as well, but um, and then uh, yeah, and through that website you can contact. You can find all the class schedule. I think we have twenty over twenty classes a week, um, and we we have we have our rowing class studio overlooking the water. So while you row, like literally. 10 feet away from you is Marine Stadium and you have overlooking the water and everything. If you is, can breathe, uh, you can look outside the window. I've had Jack's class. I love Jack's class, yeah. but uh, it ain't easy. <laughs> and then at night right now, like for the next month, we have sunsets uh, on the while you row, like at night. Nice. So you're literally looking at the sunset while you're rowing. So it's really one of the most beautiful places to work out in Long Beach. Um, it's not, a beautiful yeah, location. Yeah. yeah. So Definitely. it's like, and people uh, all the time, it's so funny, we get a lot of fitness owners and yoga people and everyone around that goes, I want to I want to run my facility out of here. What is I'm like, yeah, good luck. Uh, I'm the I'm the guy, so you can't just get away. So Back off. Yeah, back off. But it's funny because a lot of people are just like in shock when they come down. They're like, geez, you hold fitness you hold fitness classes here like yeah and they're like wow that's so i mean just the view in itself i mean it pays for itself so it's a beautiful view yeah yeah that's motivation too i mean just to have something to look at while you're rowing so yeah thanks jack i want to thank you for uh, for coming in and yeah. uh, you can hang out as much as you want we got to give anthony davis a call real quick uh, i'll see uh, i know you're a cal cal bears guy but, uh, yeah. <laughs> is he USC? Yeah, he's not USC. USC guy, that's <laughs> right. My mom, my mom is SC too. So here's uh, I'll let you read that real quick. Okay. And, uh, we are you listening to Swoops on Talk Story Network? We're gonna give AD a call because we're we're running we're running out of time tonight. So we go straight to the call. Good evening. Good evening, Anthony Davis, five-time NCAA champion, football and baseball, NFL, CFL, USFL, you name it. Welcome back to the show, AD. How you doing? Thank you. Great. You know, first, before we get started, I just want to let you know, I had a conversation with somebody uh, this week, and uh, he had some good, great things to say about you, and, and he's, he was spot on. Um, he was saying, you know, when it comes to collegiate, uh, collegiate football uh, and collegiate sports, he says, you know, I, he goes, I can always think of <clears throat> a game. Uh, you know, I had. A, did you see that game back when so-and-so played whatever? Uh, did you see that game when so-and-so played against so-and-so? He said, but when you, he, he heard I had, AD was on the show, you were on the show a lot, and he says, the thing about AD is performances. It's not about a specific, you know, an individual, you know, individual game. He's talking about multiple performances. He says, I can think of you know, specifically the two Notre Dame games, and it's all about what AD did in those games. It's not about uh, what, you know, just the basic outcome of what the team did. It's about what AD did in those games. And he said, that's what separates you from uh, anybody else in co co collegiate sports as far as he's concerned. And I have to agree with him, man. 
That's great. I mean, I appreciate the words and stuff for people like that. Uh, uh, you know, the thing is, you know, me for years I always thought, well, you know, if you can dominate a team, if individuals can dominate a, a team like Notre Dame individually, 11 touchdowns, 737 yards in total offense, you know, I always thought that somebody would duplicate that come along, and that's what you expect when you come through at USC. Now that I'm 62 years old, I can sit back and say, well, everyone's done that. And uh, that's monumental. So I think to myself, how did I, how was I able to do that? I mean, I, you, know, you, need, you, you need a team to perform. But on some days and some occasions, sometimes they call them in the zone. I had two games in the zone, allegedly. So and I, I haven't seen that since, but uh, – and, and, and I always wonder, why do people still talk about something having 35, 40 years of collectively – he says, continue. This one guy told me once, he said, he saw me at the gas station. I was getting out looking at my car and stuff. He says, I just want to let you know, until someone duplicates that individually, team wise, then we'll stop talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> so true. I said, well, you, I said, you said it all. So, uh, and I just take that as, as a worldly compliment. And I'm just, uh, happy to see you know people tell me where they were how old they were and that i made an impact that way so to me that's the that's that's the joy i get when people stop me all the time on the street even to this day nice. good props to you brother well let's start off man let's start off with uh let's start off with ncaa football you stated that uh as far as the the trojans are concerned uh, you you know you said well we have to see what they can do back to back away games Stanford and then flying to Boston uh, and and we can kind of kind of start to flesh out what they're going to be about this year. They went to Boston College. I watched the entire game. They looked like they were outclassed. They looked like they were. Uh, and we had I mean I think it was 400 plus yards rushing against SC and oh SC God. SC had a total of I think 26 yards rushing. Uh, what happened there, man? That's crazy. Well, first of all, let me just, let's just do the whole total scenario of the game. You know, we all talked about that the last couple of weeks. First of all, you know, when you play Fresno State, when you beat Fresno State nine months ago, so that's really not saying too much because it's basically the same system, the same players, other than the quarterback being gone. So it, it, it was just out. It was just out athletic. I mean, it, SC just more athletic. But the bottom line, even if you looked at the game, you can see what they need to do certain things to. Apart. Then you go play Stanford, where they were totally exposed. Even though they beat Stanford, but they were one game, one play away from getting beat by Stanford. Stanford was like in the red zone eight, nine times. You know, if I'm correct. And uh, I just frankly think that Stanford might have lost the game, but SC got beat up in that game in that process. You know, I'm not really close to the practice session, but what I understand is, you know, it was, it was a grueling practice. Uh, that week preparing for Boston. Now, one thing I can say about John McKay when I played at FC, and when I played with some pro professional professional level, is that when you have a physical game like that and your team is beat up for some reason, first of all, what you do, you pace your team, and from a physicality standpoint, you don't hit in practice, and you make sure that you're ready for that long trip across country, especially when you have a small roster and from the sanctions situation. So you really got to preserve your, 
your plays. So what I understand that in the spread offense, what Sarkeesian is trying to do, and, and, and I hope I'm correct in saying this, but I'm not far off if I am, he tried to script the game. Well, I believe if you have left players, you can't script the game. You've you got to roll and, and, and roll with the situation. You know, if you're having a tough time in the game, first, second, third quarter, you got to adapt constantly. So you got to slow the game down. You have to slow the game down. You know, I mean, you can't really script this when you're limited in players. So, but, 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 but from a systematic standpoint, I don't see that yet. And I told you before, the test will be Stanford and what's was the truth. And, but they won it, but they escaped it. I don't understand the joy because they were one play from getting beat. If that guy doesn't hit that guy on that sack, it could be a different ball game. It could be two losses instead of one loss. But in going to Boston, back to your situation, what Boston did, Boston did well. And what they lacked, they compensated in other areas. Now, and I just believe, frankly, the team was tired. Uh, I think maybe he was out coached. What they did well, they did it great. And not to, and not to have, and if you to just have 27 yards in, in rushing or 26, whatever it is, didn't it die? Didn't the, the running back with USC two weeks ago have 100 something yards against Fresno? Well, here's the interesting well, thing. I think I think the, one of the stats, I, uh, one of the graphics I saw during the game, I think the first and third quarters, SC was negative yards rushing, and yet they had a boatload of attempts. I mean, yeah. they, they kept trying to run the ball. And I, I think that their offensive game plan, I this is where I, I, I don't think that Sarkeesian scripts the entire game because I don't think he was in any way going into that game thinking we've got to keep trying to establish the run. But I think they went into the game with such a failed defensive game plan that he was trying to bail his defense out. And I think that was another flawed assumption, thinking that by running the ball, he could give his defensive guys a Well, blow. he had a lot of three and outs. Yeah. And the uh, defense spent a lot of time on the field. You're, you're right there. Uh, and and they, were, they, were, they were drained. I mean, they, they, they did a shot of the defense on the sidelines, and those guys were just flat out wore out. It was a little, a little rough, man. <laughs> Would you say, Eddie? No, I, mean, I agree with both of you in what you said, but I know that in spread offense, what he tries to do, he tries to go at, at a rate. Well, yeah. when you have lack of players and then you're traveling like that and, and you got beat up the week before, you, you can't do any scripting. <laughs> Nothing. I mean, you got you got you got to fill your players. That you bring up about the tempo part of the game, you know. I mean, I. I watched several games this past weekend and I went to one and I saw a team who was, you know, maybe nine seconds between the ball being spotted and the next snap. You know, the, the play clock never got under 30 the whole game. No, you know, in my opinion, in my football opinion, with men playing on most levels, I don't care if it's our day, you just can't do that. Just from, just from a, just from a, a conditioning part part of a game. I mean, you, know, you can be you know you can be a well conditioned team, but if you're on the field too long, particularly defensive wise, and coming in and out. I mean, that's devastating to the team overall. And I just say, and I just say, you have to be conscious of the lack of players, and you got to adapt based on who you're playing against, 
conditions and everything. You got to fill your team. You got to know your team can't do it. So you got you got to change within the course of the game. I didn't see that. Like you said, King, they they were the team. Period. I saw that. I sensed it. You know, and I just knew just watching Stanford. Man, those that was a physical game. It was a mistake brittle, but it was a physical game on top of it. And when you got to come home, train, get ready. Basically, on the short week, I think they left Thursday night or something like that. And then the time difference, food, everything, that all affects the team. You know, period. Just take it from guys who've done that. Yeah. You know, some guys adapt okay, some guys don't. So, I mean, I believe when you're a coach, you just got to know your personnel, you got to know your team. Got, and then you got to remember that they've had three systems in nine months. You had Kiffin. Yeah, Ogeron, his little, his, his, and his, and his, you know, and what he was doing. And now you've got Kiffin again. So you have the system coaches still learning the system, too. <laughs> so, I mean, so I don't even know how you do it. Frankly, how do you do that? And see, you know, in our listening audience, I'm just exposing, showing you exactly, and, you know, they'll say, wow, that is right. You've got three coaches in nine months. <laughs> yeah, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Different rhythms, different patterns, different philosophies. So, I mean, when you're doing that and you got a whole new staff and you got players, oh, and by the way, then with the disgruntledness and, and the controversy of how, you know, Ogeron was left, let go, that confused the kids. And some kids just said, well, I'm going to go pro, I'm going to do this, and some, this, and you, you. So you have all that stuff to deal with. And, kind of, and I really don't know how Kiffin is dealing, I mean, not Kiffin, Sarkeesian is dealing with this. But it has to be tough. I mean, just from looking from afar, it has to be tough. They're constantly, they're constantly adjusting to the whole situation. And then, and, and then the Pac-12 conference, with all these so-called, I guess, the SEC and the Pac-12, the two top conferences in the country, how do you adjust to all of that when you have a serious learning curve that you have to overcome and then with the, with the sanctions and the scholarship situation? And I mean, I, and thank God for them for, for the bye week going coming up because they they play work. I think they play Oregon State the following week. I think they need to. I think what they need to do is recoup physically if they can, and make some adjustments offensive and defensively. But the, the but the key thing going on from me to my opinion, that defense is going to be the carrier for that team. That's my opinion. And, you know, a lot of people might think, well, you know, AD seems to be a little down on the school. No, it's not that. I'm, 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 empty. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Cardinal Gold guy through and through, but I'm the guy going to tell you like it is. I mean, there's no way in the world uh, you're ranked number nine in the country and you get beat by a non-ranked team. Well, then, well, how good is Boston? Well, that's well, just a fluke. The thing. I mean, Boston College had a 2,000-yard rusher. A year ago, I mean, yeah, he, he this, went pro. This is a team that, but this is a team that's committed to. I mean, yeah, they're in the ACC, which is seen as one of the lesser of the five top conferences. But I mean, they also are. They play against the, the team that won the national championship this last year, and they 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 commit to running the crap out of the football. And they don't, you don't get you don't get a two thousand yard rusher without some other good pieces in place. You know, even if that guy's gone to the next level, so. I, I well, we'll just talk up saying what they, what, 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 what Bob, you got to give Boston credit. I mean, what they did, they were good at it. I mean, and it, it, it affected it. And so what I'm saying to you is that even Boston, even the non-active, 
what they did, they did well. And but 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 they were familiar with this system last year and this year. That's advantage ball. Well, like I just told you, nine three coaches in nine months. Hey, I don't even know how those guys get on the field <laughs> without being confused mentally. Because that's a serious learning curve. With freshmen, you got you got some veteran kids are still there, but they still had to learn it too. Well, Boston, like I said, what they did, they did it well. If it's just running that ball and they only had like 20-something minutes throwing, can you imagine if they had the passing game together? It could have been 60 points out there. Let's, let's, so I'm just... Let's, 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 uh, go ahead. Hey, go ahead. I'm going to switch gears in a second. Go ahead. Finish your no, I mean, it's it, 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 that, you know, uh, uh forte, but I think, I think that they're going to improve the team back here, but... But the thing is, if I'm USC, I'm saying I'm gonna go regroup and I'll try to build my credibility back. Because right now, to be ranked number nine and get beat like that and get embarrassed, I mean, they were talking. I mean, they're talking like this. SC's gonna move up to the, the ladder at number nine. But then I just think people really want SC to do well. I do too. But if they if, if they perform this way in the next week or two, it can be a dismal season. And a true test will come in the next couple of weeks. Well, because these two teams are coming in, I think they're both ranked too. They, they, they're going to play, I think, three ranked teams this year. And uh, one of the, uh, at, at three ranked teams that are ranked at this point. I mean, things can change throughout the year. So, um, on another note, the Crosstown Rivals, UCLA, uh, their, their star quarterback, Hundley, went down. Uh, Neuheisel stepped up and, and got the win. I don't know if you saw that game, but uh, do, do you think uh, do you think he's got the the stuff? Uh, I, I, Hunley will be back. Uh, sounds like he's going to be back, but at, at one point they weren't sure when he's going to be back. I think they have a bye this week too. Uh, but uh, you know, when, when it comes to having a, a backup quarterback, you know, you have, you know, you have backups at all positions, but I, you know, quarterback is like the general out there. Do you think uh, do you think he can run that run that squad uh, successfully if uh, if Hunley? goes down again or if, if, if he's hurt more longer than a, a, um, if he's not back next game? Well, first of all, I mean, they got their system over there playing and working the way they're going. I mean, he can step in, but he's not, he's not, he's not hunting. Um, he's not as athletic as this man. I mean, sure, what he did to poise and leadership he showed and how he pulled up, that's, that was fine. You know, that's great. That's what you still needed because when he went down, everybody thought, well, that's UCLA system. That's UCLA's uh, season, and then and then in the Southern Division, people were thinking, "Well, who's going to win it down here? In the, who's going to be in the South? UCLA, SC, Arizona State, Arizona." So, but so since the bye week comes up, that gives them some time to recruit. recruit depending on the severity of injuries, I don't know if Newhouse can carry the team with high form against Texas. It looks pretty good. But they ain't saying much about Texas. Look what Texas, Texas is doing. Texas is struggling then. Yeah. Now, yeah. when they play, when they play a powerhouse and and, and a public's not here, then you really see if New Orleans is the case. Because right now their season's up in there too, because they don't know how long his man's going to be out. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be an entertaining uh, ride to watch this UCLA team. You know, with or without Hundley, I think that uh, there are. 
Even if he's there and healthy, there are a lot of questions to be answered about this squad. You know, and that game about, easily could have been a loss. It yeah. was a win, but... Well, all it, three of their games to this point. I mean, they, Could have they, easily they, been won. They could be 0-3. They won three games by seven points every time. And, you yeah. know, hey, you'll take seven over two, but and definitely over a negative. But uh, I, this is not the team that uh, the media has expected to blow the doors off of everybody. Right. So... Um, it's going to be it, a fun, fun little ride here for this Bruins squad. <laughs> they're having some issues, you know, they're 3-0. and But, you know, what's going to kick in? We'll see in the next couple of weeks whether or not how they fit in. Because I'm sure, you know, the, you know, the people and the powers that be really want them to be a, 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 a key team in, in the playoff run, you know. And people love the CSC out there, too. But the UCLA, they have, they have, they have an opportunity to do something monumental. But, of course, like you said, on these out, so really don't know where the team's gonna go. And then in the Southern Division, the Pac-12 is up for grabs, definitely now, definitely up for grabs. So the two powerhouses, you know, in, in the North is still Stanford and Oregon. And now Washington surprised someone because they're undefeated too, which a lot of people don't expect Washington to do anything the whole pack. But the pack, but, but but the thing is, the strength is up north now because of the situation with SC and UCLA. Washington, I honestly think that Washington got the best deal out of this whole coaching carousel this year. I think Sarkeesian is a good coach, um, but I think for Washington to be able to pull Chris Peterson out of out of Boise, I think that was the the big come up of the whole coaching change up this off season. And you know, I, I don't think anybody should read too much into beating the the crap out of Illinois because Illinois has been and will continue to be terrible for the foreseeable future. Uh, but well, that's true. I think Washington definitely. I think they upgraded at the head coaching position, and I, you know, I think their talent is still not where it needs to be to really be in the top tier of that conference. But you know, they they have held their own in the past in terms of recruiting, and I I think that they've got some some beautiful facilities up there, and they, they definitely just remember have a one that wants to win. Just remember this one. This number one thing when it comes to coaching. Coaching is especially in a talent. You have to be a very talented person to be a head coach on any level. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the kids are bought what he's doing. And for him to leave Boise State, come to Washington, be 3-0, it's monumental. That's saying a lot about him. Yeah. That just says to me, watch out in a couple of years. Because they could be a priority. If, if he can do what he did to Boise State, a step up, I, I think, in a, in, in a better, in a stronger division, a talent division. And if Washington... Develops what they, what I think they can have, what he did to Boise State. Look out, Pac-12, because I have a lot of, I have a lot of respect for how he takes his players and maximizes each player in a given position in his system. It works, and you know, and uh, I have a lot of respect for him. Yeah. And he's basically taking the same talent that Sarkeesian had down in that state, and they're three and zero. What does that tell you? And I agree with you. I agree with you. Now, it'll be a question whether or not well, who's the best of the two because the better of the two coaches. Well, you tell, you, you tell me. <laughs> um, I mean, because he's in the same situation trying to take his team, his staff. That's if he's taking most of his staff to Washington, Boyd, the state. And look what he's done so far. And they're going through their cobwebs up there. But, I mean, the strength of schedule, yes. But we'll all find out. Like I said, we'll all find out where all these teams going to lie in the next two to three weeks. You, you, you'll you see it start developing. God, I love college football. <laughs>
Well, as much as you love college football, we need to talk about uh, the, the, the big leagues. Are we going to talk lawyers and sports we're again? We're going to talk a lot about uh, <laughs> We're going to get AD's opinion on a lot of things here. AD, uh, let's, we're going to move over to the NFL. Uh, you and I have had a lot of conversation over the, over the years about, about just being a young man and, uh, and, and coming out of college and uh, moving up to that level, uh, the, the amount of things that are available to you and whatnot. And, uh, you know, we talk about, you know, a lot of guys, uh, you know, some young guys or young cats go out there and get married right away and stuff like that. But you have some very strong opinions about, uh, you know, being a new kid, new kid in the block in the NFL uh, as far as, you know, girlfriends and marriage and things like that. Let's talk about that a little bit. Well, first of all, I mean, this is based on uh, guys coming from college, into the pros, and talented. First of all, with nowadays with social media and all the stuff out there now, and what goes on with people and the money involved, this is what I suggest to young guys going in all the levels of sport. I said, listen, first of all, you have your girlfriend, you sit her down and have a serious conversation. He said, listen, this is a short-lived career. Most back will last for three to five years at the most. There's only a few to go 10, 15 years in all the sports or whatever. I advise them don't even get married at all because that's not the real world. You got all this crazy money, which I call Disneyland money. When that stuff is over, you deal in the real world. Then you'll see how the eight to five people live. That's the real world. But I said, if you did, and what you do when you're in this lifestyle, professional sports, entertainment, whatever it is, that's a short lived career. And you attract the craziest people in the world. They're attracted to the glamour of the sport. But that's not the, that's, but that's not a reality of how it really is. So that's the reason why I said, you want to have a girl and you have a, you explain where you are. And getting married, wow, that's, that's real crazy. Because when you get out and then when you have kids and you have children, that changes your whole life on top of the sport. And so when you hear stories about guys having seven babies with seven women or eight, nine babies with seven women. I mean, come on. How can you be a father and how can you be a timid person when you're doing stuff like that? Then the so-called Disneyland pressures of professional sports. And then when you get out, you got to have a real, you got to have a plan. You got to have a real world to deal with. So I've always advocate the guys going to professional sports. You wait until you get out of the game. Because in most, in most cases, you're going to be in your 20s anyway when you finish. On average, you still ain't trying to, you still haven't found yourself. So find yourself and you find a woman that's in the real world. And don't, in all due respect to women, I do respect them. Don't get me wrong. But there's a lot of men and women out there. When they see a guy like in the professionals with all the money and all the bling and the glitter and the hanging out on the roads, racing the houses and all that, all that stuff can go away if you lose your career. So my I advocate that when you when you're in sports, you focus on you playing football, playing baseball, playing basketball, whatever it is. You, you bank that money, then when you come out and you're done, because most of you ain't gonna be in your early thirties anyway. Your life is still starting. Then you can start realizing what the real world is about. That's why you hear all this crazy stuff with the NFL now. Girlfriends, see the problem is all these guys on the road. Six, seven months of the year, and even man, you, you gotta be, you gotta be dealing with a woman. That's what half this domestic stuff is. 
they probably met somebody and, and she said, why are you doing it? Why are you talking to him? I heard you were doing this. And I said, I'm glad that those fights start anyway. It's behind some other females. <laughs> well, let's, let's talk That's why you got to sit down and tell them, hey, look, this is my life right now. This is what I'm doing. And if you can't handle it, well, you got to move on. But these guys get enamored with these women and they start doing crazy stuff. The alcohol, the weed, and all the other stuff they're doing. They start slapping these women around, which is wrong. Weed makes, paper, weed makes people pacifists, all right? Let's talk about some of this stuff, AD. Now, you, you, were, uh, you were a player. You probably remember the Players Association and such. Uh, when you talk about, let's, let's, let's talk about some of these uh, things that's happened over the, over the course of the last uh, few weeks. Uh, and let's see if things are handled, uh, what, you think, what you think about the handling of it. I mean, Ray Rice... Uh, we got a two-game suspension. He said that he, uh, I think even the, the commissioner had stated at one point, or somebody from the commissioner's office stated at one point, that he admitted to, to, to knocking out his then-girlfriend. He, uh, you know, they did their investigation, and, and, and they concluded that it was a two-game suspension. Uh, now a video comes out later. Which pretty much verifies what he already well, said. Everyone already knew. But yeah, verifies what everyone already knew, and now he's suspended indefinitely. Uh, nobody's advocating uh, in violence against anyone, but do you think uh, the, the league is handling this well? Uh, and, and, and I understand it's about the brand, and I understand all that kind of stuff. But when uh, when you set us when you set a punishment, do you do you do you change it midstream? You don't change in midstream. Once you, if you have two games, you can't come back and killing them indefinitely. But, but they're in the case 22 cents. But when sponsors say, man, I'm taking my money away from you, that's what changed everything. Hey, you know something? Sky ain't playing. Well, if you don't, we, we're taking our money away. And even then, if you got sponsors ready to pull. So when the sponsors say, we're going to pull our money, and, and, and these owners are all about their money, they're going to try to protect their brand. If, even they said, too, they're going to they're gonna get ready. And yet, and one thing that really bothers me, and I'm gonna go here. You know, I don't, I, you know, I'm, I don't care what you think. Any, I'm gonna say it anyway. And I'll make go conversation. Take you it understand? Down. Let me say this to you. Let me say this to you. What bothers me more than anything? All these folks in trouble—they all black athletes. It bothers me. Listen, as long as long as the door, the black, these are black athletes getting in trouble. Period. And that's what really bothers me. And look, brothers, if you're hearing my voice, and if you ever see, if you go to swoopsworld.com, you listen to what I have to say. You remember back in the day when we barely was in the, in the game of football? Remember the days of quoting system? I think the NFL now was 85% black. You have an obligation to respect what we had to go through for you all to be there. You got to have some responsibility. It's, it's, it's on a double standard now. You represent our legacy of people. The Jackie Robinson, the cool Papa Bill, you know, Satchel Paige, you know, uh, you know, Frank Robinson, Hank Aarons, Willie Mays, the Jim Brown, Biden paid the way for you, the Bill Russell, for you to be able to have a platform like this and perform and for you people to do what you do, it's embarrassing to me. You know, I even go down the street and say, maybe, maybe, what do you think about these? I don't even want to start. This, this is unbelievable. And I, I was just to Steve Naismith, uh, and, and, you know, and on the ESPN, who, who has it right, he said the same thing, and I agree with him. 
That's why I was in trouble. These black ball players. Don't get me wrong. You've had some, you know, some other white ball heads, but it ain't like, like what these blacks are doing. Slapping babies. You know, slapping women. Getting arrested for weed. All kinds of stuff. It's ridiculous. Don't they realize that they're being playing in a league that you're privileged to live in and play in. It's real short. And would you know that it's a real short career? Why are you doing this? Because guess what, buddy, brothers? You can be replaced. There's always another brother around the corner. <laughs> you understand? There's always another one around the corner ready to replace. Because like I've always told you guys, you got brothers walking streets playing in the family. And they're just waiting to get in there. So all the Smith, they say, well, those are the greatest. That, that, that's, that's not it. They're in there because they're, a lot of them are lucky to be where they are. And the politics of it, because there's so many of us now, it falls in our laps now. So this is what got somebody ready to place you. And I know this is a controversial thing to say. Well, so be it. My whole life has been controversial. <laughs> well, here's another question. And not, not, not to give anybody an excuse for bad behavior at all. That's what we're going with. But do you think any of this, you know, before all this controversy popped up, all the talk was about concussions. Uh, and, they, you know, they think it contributed to, you know, uh, some suicides and, and some behaviors from last year. Do you think the concussions has anything to do with this? Or is this just somebody, somebody who's was, uh, had a propensity to be violent in the first place is just acting out and got caught? Or do you think that there's some uh, some uh, underlying things that have to do with head injury? That's why I, I, I believe this, 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 this collision sport has a lot to do with that. I mean, when you get hit in the head a lot, and I know I did, it may affect your judgment because I know it did to me. I'm telling you, since I've been under Dr. Amos' program for the last seven years being the first NFL player to have his brain scan of 115 guys, I know now it's a behavior problem. I think it's a contributor of of all that, a head shot. Maybe you're doing some drinking, you're smoking some weed, you're doing, you're taking pain stuff. I just believe a lot of, I, I think it contributes. I don't know if it's all of that. And then you got to remember also, a lot of these guys, a lot of these black athletes were grown, brought up in dysfunctional households anyway. Most of these guys didn't have any proper leadership, they didn't have any fathers around. So I get the problem, but they need to realize and overcompensate for that because, you know, you're dealing with a brand. I mean, you know, you tell you something. If the NFL owners, these NFL owners know, and they, even there's an issue with the concussion stuff like that. Regardless, they're gonna get rid of you. Now you see what's going on. They're gonna get rid of you. They're gonna put you out. Whether you have a concussion problem or whatever it is, or an emotional problem, hey, well they're gonna put you out. Let you go deal with your own personal stuff, and you do, but you deal with your own medical stuff. But sure, I do believe that the concussion stuff has effect on a lot of that stuff. You know, because when you get banged in the head, sometimes you don't think properly. <laughs> That bullet's not going to your brain properly. Things happen. Now, you think that's a contributing problem? I do believe that. I mean, and, uh, on top of everything else, I do believe that. Because a lot of guys don't use good judgment anyway. You got to remember, why these athletes are put on pedestals of their life. They've been their past, you know, uh, they've been aided a lot of stuff. And that doesn't help the situation either. And then the more the money, the more they pacify which I think is a combination for disaster. You know, so I believe the league now is a turning point where everybody's all on. The women groups, the government, 
sponsors are talking. So, you know, there's a lot of things going on. And so, and since she talked about concussions, now I believe now, <laughs> after every year, they need, they need to examine everybody's head. They all need to get a scan every year. Because, yeah. I mean, and I believe down the road, that's where it's going to go anyway. When these when these teams start thinking there's liability involved and you know, all the stuff is going on with these concussions losses, I believe now down the road I could be wrong that they're gonna start scanning these guys every year. So you know something? I don't think you need to play based on your medical stuff and based on what you say. I think a lot of guys are gonna be cut based on that. I mean, if you go with the preventative care logic that uh, you know we got this whole healthcare deal out of, then. I think that's a hell of a lot cheaper than than the other than, than what we've been doing. So, absolutely, totally agree with you. Ad, uh, as we wrap things up, uh, you are at the tilt to kilt every every SC game. No game this week. The bye this week, but uh, I'm assuming you'll be at the tilt to kilt in Orange the following week. No, I'm gonna be there this week. Oh, they want me there every week. All right. Every week, what they like me down there. What time go, you go, be, go, what go, time? go. Them, those girls like me down there. You, are you kidding me? <laughs> them women like me. They like old. They old. They like this old Papa Daddy looking dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> if somebody wants to go down to Tilt to Kill this Saturday to uh, to meet the great Anthony Davis, what time are you going to be there? I'm going to be there. So I'm going to be there at ten o'clock in the morning because on the east the game started at one o'clock, so I'll be there from ten on. I eat my shepherd's pie, eat my shepherd's pie, and drinking and sucking on my uh, cranberry juice. AD, <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's always a pleasure to be able to chat with you, man, and uh, we will talk to you again next week, man. Okay, thank you. Take care. Thank you, brother. You listen to Swoops Road Talk Story Radio Network. We're going to take a quick break and uh, come back and uh, get a little T-Bone's time out in. Uh, that was Anthony Davis. We want to thank AD for uh, for joining us each week. Uh, it's always a lot, always a good time with him. And uh, let's see what we got here. This satellite sky got this feeling. Back after this.
Every day I wake up at five to give dad his medicine. Every day I wake up at five to give dad his medicine. At six, I make his breakfast. Every day I wake up at five to give dad his medicine. At six, I make his breakfast. At seven, I shower. Every day I wake up for at those five caring for a loved one. We hear you. That's why AARP created a community to help us better care for ourselves and the ones we love. Visit aarp.org/caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Hi, this is Ronnie Wood of the Stones for Rad. You know it's okay to rock and roll and party, as I do it all the time. Just let someone else do the driving. That's what I do. Remember, rock lives, and you should too. Please don't drink and drive. A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Talk Story Radio. Hi, my name is Brent Michelle. I'm a singer-songwriter based in Los Angeles. Why don't you sit back, grab a cold beer, and listen in? Because you're listening to Swoop's World. The world spins before my eyes. One wrong turn, I'm left behind. And so I hide under my skin till I can't stop.
sound it's time for sports with t-bones timeout or as we say it here it's t-bones timeout oh hey everybody good night and welcome here to uh T-Bone's timeout version, uh, I don't know, how many times have I been on here for this now? We've lost count. Let's, yeah, let's call it Too Many Point oh. <laughs> uh, It's another fun time here in the studio. Uh, I, I really still do marvel every time I get to come in here and talk to a microphone that's actually on and plugged in and you know broadcasting somewhere. So, for those of you who have listened more than once and come back for more, you're probably a better person than and I. And we don't censor you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I am not censored in the slightest, you know. Which is not true everywhere that you go, right? That is entirely true. <laughs> <laughs> so we rock yeah. that way. Rock and roll, baby. I occasionally have to mind my P's and B's and, and F's and S's. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, man, it's another fun night here in the Stude. Uh, it was an interesting chat with AD. Yeah. Uh, I felt like, you know, we were almost speaking the same language at times. Yeah, well, that's, that's a new one for you, huh? <laughs> You and AD on the same proverbial page, huh? <laughs> you know, and, and I, I enjoy the conversation every week, and I, I feel like there is a, there's more of a respect being built nowadays, and that's a good thing. You know, Build a little foundation. That's, that's good for everybody. I'm going to have so. to slide up to the kilt this week and uh, have, have a brewski. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, just for the record, the Angels have clinched the AL West. All right. They're up 11 with 10 to play. So yeah, they're pretty sure. They're, they're, the, they're, they're the, the Angels are the AL West champions. Uh, they rock and roll. Which, at 
at the All Star break just didn't, didn't seem likely it, it at seemed all. Like Oakland not was, like this. No, it seemed. Like I mean, they o- might have got here. Was going to blow the doors yeah, off the league right? at that point. So, and they're now really pressed to even make it to the. It's, like if the season ends today, I think they make it. But there's yeah, some because, people because the other divisions are just bad. Right, and there's some there's some teams the, that the are American League is not good this year at the heels. Yeah, like and the AL East in particular, you got. The Yankees and the Blue Jays, who are both, you know, they're they're three games over 500, but they're 14 and a half back on on Baltimore. So and I mean, Baltimore, the, of all teams. the crazy thing is that one of those teams are the Orioles that good, or is the rest of the uh, East that bad? Uh, and what will I think the Orioles? Well, the Red Sox might have just been that. Good the Red year. Sox in dead. Dead last, yeah. Which Red, is, I mean, it Red makes Sox, everybody happy. Oh, no, I'm, I'm not upset. I'm just pointing out. I'm just pointing out a team that has won World Series very recently, like last year, right? Uh, is in dead last, and if they don't end on a winning streak, could end up with the worst record in the American League, right? I mean, that's how bad they are. Well. Uh, Texas, the Rangers are really, really bad. Really bad. <laughs> so the Rangers pretty much have the worst record in the American League sewn up. Which is also odd because their team for the last four or five years has competed yeah, they, for they, first place. Been to the World Series twice. And, you know, and they're, they're been not just last, but that's... So the American League is... Uh, and I don't know, did any of you guys do any uh, digging into why exactly it was that Ron Washington resigned a couple weeks ago as the manager? I heard a family crisis is all I heard. I didn't go further than so that. So did he have like an Andy Reid kind of thing where his kids were doing doing stuff they're not supposed to be doing? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You know, I like Ron Washington. Anybody who's tried cocaine and lived to tell about it is probably <laughs> not the worst dude out there. Um but yeah, you know the Rangers. That 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 is a stunning drop off for them this year. I mean, they it really is. They are still capable of losing a hundred games Oof. this season. Wow. I mean, it's that's pretty bad. And they've been top competitors in that division uh, for six years, seven years, something yeah. like that. Yeah, pretty solid. So. To the point where, you know... I don't the, think anybody picked him for dead last. When the Astros the got League. flipped from the National League to the American League, uh, we figured the Astros would be the doormat of the AL West for several years, and it turned out that, you know, apparently just the whole state of Texas is bad at baseball now. I guess the Astros gave yeah, the Rangers right. whatever sort of bad baseball cooties they had. So, uh, in the meantime, the Dodgers lost in just brutal fashion today they lost 16 to 2 to colorado uh that's two games in a row for the doyers to drop and in the meantime the giants won today to win two straight so we have a two game uh two game gap in the nl west between the dodgers and the giants uh and a division that i really thought would carry the banner for uh, for the national league and it still has the opportunity to because really as ugly as the american league standings are the national league is just as bad to slightly worse. So uh, maybe just baseball in general is kind of gravitating towards mediocrity this year. But uh, we do have two teams. uh, Well, before today, we had two teams that had already clinched, and they both hover around the nation's capital. Uh, Baltimore and and, uh, Washington have both clinched. So the AL East goes to the Orioles in the regular season, and the NL East goes to the National 
goals since they are spelling challenged occasionally. Um, but the Dodgers in a tight race now, all of a sudden. And, you know, I, I still think they're the best team in the West. And I think that, unfortunately, my prediction that the Padres would finish second in the division is going to come <laughs> up short. At this point in time, I believe it's mathematically impossible because they've lost 81 and the Giants have won 84. So, uh, chalk it up to another failed prediction on the part of T-Bone. But uh, I did I did say that either the Dodgers or the Giants would win the West as well. So, that part's not out of the <laughs> what do you think, man? What do you what, what do you see happening over these last two weeks with, well, with the Doyers? What I find interesting is, you know, I'm a Dodger fan, obviously. Uh, and when they played against the Giants, you're like, wow, here's a team that's peaking this way at just the right moment. Because we've talked about that before. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, the best team ends up losing that first round. Because they just came in soft. They came in. So I'm like, wow, this is looking good. Two weeks. They're, they're putting up 17 runs, 11 runs against the Giants. No slouch of a team. And so, yeah, Dodgers are peaking at the right moment. And then they drop two to the Giants, uh, uh, the Rockies. And in both cases, gave up 10 runs. And so the problem with the Dodgers is – First of all, their pitching's great for one and two. But the, the health of the and then rest of that rotation is going to be yeah. an issue. But here's the issue. Here's also part of that is, okay, so why isn't there a slugfest? Kershaw pitched, you won 11 to 3. It's, Cranky pitched, you won 17 to nothing. And then it's feast or famine. So. Right. So and and part of that is just the streaky nature of the sport. I mean, this is why they exactly. play 162 and not 16 because you got there are just way too many variables. Yeah. Um, so I look at it and my thinking was is they're they're coming in hot. Now I'm just thinking they might just be one of those teams that limps in and then get. Hopefully they're not coming in their shorts. Is what yeah. Well, you know, yeah. I know, I know, I know <laughs> the goal the goal is definitely to win the World Series, but I, I, I'm pretty sure. Kershaw's picking up two big awards this year. I think he's going to get the Cy and the MVP. I mean, the Cy, he's a lock. Yeah. And the MVP, he's he's a serious consideration. I mean, I don't follow all the other teams well enough to say, like, he's got to well, go get it. it's not going to be but, Giancarlo Stanton. Yeah. <laughs> That's not his fault that he got hit in the face with a baseball. He, got, he, was, he was a lead contender. I think he for sure. And, you know, he still might be able to pick it up. I mean, I mean, he's not going to play. He's not playing anymore this season, right? Yeah, they, as of today, he's officially done. Yeah, but uh, he's done enough. He's done enough this season where he still has a shot at it. And and the voters, you know, they like that. They are, and, and they're reluctant to give it. They're always reluctant. They're kind of like the Cy Young is for pitchers, the MVP is for players, which it's not in the rules, but that's it's, it's like it's like the Heisman Trophy generally. Not generally. Majority of the time goes to running back. But anybody's eligible. Everybody's yeah. eligible. <laughs> Theoretically. Yeah. Uh, but i got to say, I mean, Kershaw has put up those kinds of numbers that if you look at what Kershaw did and what uh, Valenzuela did, and he won both, right? And if you look at the numbers when Valenzuela won both and Kershaw 
those numbers, he actually eclipses in almost every category Valenzuela's numbers. And I'm a huge Valenzuela fan, so it's like you got to look at that and go, wow. That's well, you have to look at Kershaw and go, wow, every day on ESPN in the morning when I'm uh, in the gym under some type of apparatus, <laughs> they're, uh, they're showing some kind of graphic with Kershaw in it. And he's usually two or three down. Uh, and, and, you know, the guys above him, you know, were playing in the 20s or the 60s. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's setting records every time he takes them out. Crazy numbers. Yeah. Just crazy numbers. Uh, the one I like best is... I think I mentioned last week, so uh, you know, forgive me for doing so. But I just think it's a spectacular number. If the Dodgers score four runs, he wins the game. Something like 35 or 45 and oh, I mean, that's... Statistics like that... That's crazy. Statistics like that sometimes are crushing. Because I, <laughs> I was watching an NFL game this week, and they said when the Seahawks have allowed 27 points... They're like, oh, they're like, they've lost 32 straight. And I'm like, 33. <laughs> son of a, son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. I and they to, had to lead at that time. I had, they to, get had, to, lead I had to get a couple right this week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was like, no, don't say that. Yeah. So, I yeah. actually made a prediction and thought the Chargers were going to get walloped. And then someone was like, don't say that. And I go, well, obviously I'm a Chargers fan because I live close, whatever, but they're going to get destroyed. And then, <laughs> and then lo and behold, you know. Yeah, hey, I even chastised him. I said, what are you going to vote with your heart or with your head? <laughs> he got it right. <laughs> <laughs> even the blind squirrel. <laughs> even a broken clock. Right twice <laughs> well, and that, but all that being said is uh, if you're looking at who's going to win, who's going to advance – uh, I think we have a pretty good idea who's going to get to the playoffs, but yeah. I don't think there's any except for the Angels. The it's Angels all, and the Angels pitching has caught fire as much. It's as an all batting. California World Series this year, guys. It could be. I think so. But I'm not sure about the Dodgers. I really am not, and I'm a fan. I, so I just I'm, think the National I'm League is a little bit more balanced. I, I they think are. that there is a head and shoulders clear dominant team in the American League at this point. And yeah, and the team. Dodgers. Nationals and St. Louis, right, are the three top teams. Notice I didn't say it all Los Angeles. And neither one of those, any one of those three, has yeah, dominated yeah. the other. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've all been, if you look at they their win-loss against each of those, any one of those exactly. combinations, I think, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they're all pretty even. So they're, they're like 500 against each other. So there's no clear favorite in the National League. Uh Who's going to make it? So Personally, I'm rooting for the Expos. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you know, guys, we talked a little bit about college football with AD. Actually, we talked a good long bit about college football with AD tonight. But I just I can't stop myself. I'm going to talk about it more. And you, uh, you attended a, a game this week. I did. You know, Try I got it. to cross another stadium off my list. I finally made it to... Uh, how was Bulldog Stadium? Bulldog Stadium is interesting. It holds about 40,000 people, um, but it it feels fairly enclosed. Um, it's got some interesting little quirks, like the, the stadium lights are not built onto the structure, because the whole stadium's in kind of a little bowl. Uh, it's, not, it's not a stadium that's built up. It's, it's built down into a hole. 
Um, so the lights aren't sitting on top of the stadium structure like in a lot of stadiums we think of. They have these two cantilevered towers on either side that stick out probably halfway over the top of the bleachers on either side or the, the grandstands on either side and have lights on top of them. So it's, it's something I haven't seen anywhere else before. Uh, th that was a little interesting quirk. Um, I gotta say, the, the, the production value on their on their big screen stuff was a little <laughs> lacking. <but laughs> it's Fresno. I mean, I've, I've, on, been, I've been places outside of LA and seen the local local cable commercials and stuff, and it's like that's right. We're not in we're not in a place with all these uh -uh. out of work wannabe actors and directors. Ooh, so you got Bob from Bob's yeah. Automotive yeah, yeah. doing yeah. his own commercial. That's right. <laughs> so that was entertaining, you know, but. Uh, the stadium was, like I said, it was, it was, it felt pretty, uh, pretty well enclosed. It was loud. Granted, for this crowd, I, I think that uh, Nebraska benefited from the fact that Fresno got thumped two straight games on the road, and a lot of Fresno fans sold their tickets to Nebraska. Fans. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, actually, this season, that and like works. a week before the season started, Fresno State had to change their ticket policy and require a a donation to the athletic department for people to buy season tickets because that's the thing that Nebraska fans have been doing for a long time. Like they, they would like to go anywhere other than Nebraska on certain occasions. And uh, so when they play somewhere in the, in the regular season where they'd rather go to the game than stay home, they'll buy season tickets to that, to that school and then just sell the rest of them for oh, a loss yeah. so that they're guaranteed a seat. And so – they actually had to change their season ticket policy at Fresno State mid mid swing this year and require a donation for you to buy the season tickets because it was like 140 or 160 bucks to buy all six home games, right? Or 65 bucks to buy the one game. So that was kind of you know they, there's people that are just they want to go hang out. Well, you know there were there was Fresno a lot, plays some decent teams. They do, and, 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 and it, it kind of reminds me of like. Years and years and years ago, when the Clippers were still playing at the sports arena, my dad had season tickets. So you could and, see the Celtics. And I said, I said, yeah. I go, why did you buy season tickets to the, to the Clippers? He goes, because they play on the same team the Lakers play. Yeah. <laughs> For like half the cost. Yeah. <laughs> Less than half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at the time. And then he's like, I can see Michael Jordan. I can see this. I can see that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. Makes sense. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a good investment. It <laughs> totally is. Uh, but it, it was fun, and though. With the sports arena, you always felt up and close. Oh, yeah, you were up close and personal. Yeah, I mean, uh, the for fabulous forum. The fabulous forum, man. It, I sat in a Even wall. when you were close, you weren't close. Well, you know what? The thing is, is it was set up, unless you were against the wall. I was against the wall a couple times. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah, there's so-and-so's jersey. But, uh, <laughs> like, halfway up, I, when I used to go to Kings games on a regular basis. Okay. Yeah, when a guy would, Back when they wore when purple. A guy, when a guy played with a silver, with a silver stick. Uh, the day, the back of the day, the great one was there. Uh, I used to sit about halfway back, and I had really decent seats, man. Yeah, I missed the forum. Forum was loud. <laughs> it was freaking loud. Yeah, it was. And uh, the stable center's huge, though. That's why. Stable, yeah, stable center. It's too it's sterile, too corporate. A little, little, little. The forum was. That was the place. I mean, fabulous. The house that Jack Kent Cook built. The Great Western. Yes. That's right. It was a great venue. I, you know, the surrounding areas were, you know, 
Hey, Inglewood's coming up, man. <laughs> Inglewood. Well, you know, you, you, go, you, you go to the event there, you go to the event there, and then you gotta leave. <laughs> it's like going to the Coliseum, man. <laughs> if I ever go to the Forum, I gotta go across the street and say hi to all the grandparents and great-grandparents, too. <laughs> <laughs> Are they, uh... They're, 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 they're hanging out across the street yeah, there? Yeah, they're at Inglewood Park. Yeah, you know yeah. exactly where you're yeah. talking about. Uh, got a lot of relatives there. Ah. Yeah. You have your own wing? Your own, uh... Uh, you know, they're actually, depending on which side of the family, they're in separate, you know, oh, okay. separate sections. <laughs> they're all in the same place. You're well represented, though. Well represented. Yeah, man, <laughs> me and Inglewood go way better. <laughs> nice. I believe my great grandma's words were back when Inglewood was white. I was gonna say they're the white section. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, you know. It, 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 you know it's, it's really interesting. I mean, I went to visit years and years ago a relative that I never met, but we went to this gravesite in in Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and he's, he's in the black section of the of the, of the, uh, the you know the cemetery there. It's sectioned off, man. Don't be mingling up above ground, or don't be mingling below ground. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about over there, Willis? <laughs> I'm crazy with your lip. Yo, dude, you just Saturday night in Fresno, the only way to tell which uh, which person was rooting for which team was who was less comfortable with the fact that it was 100 degrees at night. Because <laughs> everyone was wearing the same color red. Yeah, I was going to say that same red, yeah. Yeah, uh, but, you know. But they're red and gray, right? Are the Fresno? Things? Fresno is red with they've got some blue and some green. Oh, okay. They, I mean, they're red. They're red, white, and blue are their colors. But then they've got their their green V on the back of the helmets for the whole San Joaquin Valley. Um, but yeah, every I mean, the whole stadium was red pretty much. It was almost like a Nebraska game, home game in that in that sense. But uh, it was loud, man. Yeah. Uh, both sides. It, it was probably almost fifty-fifty in terms of makeup of the crew. Really? Yeah. Wow. Well, that being said, let's 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 hit brass tacks here, man. What was the uh, the uh... They don't sell beer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you saw it coming, didn't you? <laughs> Honestly I by the end of the game I was happy that they you didn't sell beer. Some of your own? <laughs> I I really even I did not because Whoa. it was so goddamn hot. I mean <laughs> it was hundred and five degrees while we were tailgating. Yeah. So we were slamming Coors light just to stay hydrated. And we went into the stadium, and I bought a bottle of water for each of the four of us, and we just kept refilling the water because it was so hot. And when you got all those people in there, it was just that much hotter. I mean, it might as well have been in a dome just holding all that heat in. We don't – that's interesting. You, you know, talk about the heat there. You, know, you haven't got the NFL yet, but the San Diego game, this was 118 on the field. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's one of the differences with the way that Qualcomm Stadium is built. It's not in a natural depression where, you know, the air comes down and swoops down in. They are on flat land. They're in a valley, but, I mean, they built big-ass concrete walls that go up 100 feet, and there is no solace down there. I mean, if you're there in a September day, it it is awful. I went to baseball games there in June, July, August, and growing up, and it was... You could sit field, field, field level for six bucks because it was so god awful down there sometimes, and not to mention the team. <laughs> was, uh, I, uh, I mean, I was there years ago to watch the, not because I wanted to see this team play. I just happened to have a friend who had tickets. Uh, the, the Chargers played the, uh, the Eagles, mm-hmm. and it was hotter than hell. Yeah. And 
That's why the Chargers are there. Like the Chargers and the Cowboys and a couple of other teams, uh, kind of buck NFL uniform protocol and wear white at home the first month of the season. The Dolphins are one that does that sometimes too, because if you can wear white or a dark, dark ass color, <laughs> yeah, and it's your choice, and it's a hundred and some degrees, you're probably going to choose white. <laughs> so. Uh, it was a good, a, a good fun weekend of football, though. A couple weird upsets in college football that, I mean, some, like Louisville losing, I wasn't really surprised at. But Virginia Tech losing at home to East Carolina. East Carolina. And not just losing, but they got throttled. I mean, East Carolina could have won that game by four touchdowns. As it stood, they won by a touchdown, and it was a late touchdown. But even when Virginia Tech tied the game late, East Carolina went down the field like a hot knife through butter scored in a minute you know so that one was that was uh, a little bit of a troubling one if you're if you're a Virginia Tech fan <laughs> um, if you're just a college football fan who likes a good upset here and there it was a good time so uh, you know one game that caught my eye just because I can't help but notice whenever they play Oregon played Wyoming excuse <coughs> me Oregon sputtered for the for the at the end of the first quarter it was seven to zero Wyoming. Mm, no way. And I I honestly looked at my dad and said, when was the last time Oregon scored zero points in a quarter? In a quarter, any quarter. Yeah, and I, I didn't do any you know further in depth research, but just you know getting a feel and having, up, having that anecdotal. <laughs> you know I don't have ESPN stats and info at the ready, and I don't have Snurdly here giving me the goods. Yeah, so. send it over, Snurdly. Dropping the phone uh, out of the jug. But I, I did have to give Wyoming a little props for that. You yeah. Know? And granted, at the end of it, it was like 48 to 17 or something. But um, Marcus Mariota, I mean, he's going to win Heisman this year if he doesn't break his leg. That guy is he's ridiculous. Uh, I, I am going to pull for Amir Abdullah to make it to the Heisman ceremony, you know, as a finalist. He had... He scored Nebraska's second touchdown of the game with, like, 13 minutes and four seconds left in the first quarter. Um, he's, and he scored the game winner last week against a team that shouldn't have needed a game winner to score to win. But uh, he, he is just – guy's a machine. Yeah. Puts a team on his back, though. Uh, just give me the ball. Jameis. damn ball. I got two words for you. Jameis Winston. I like James Winston as a football player. I think he's hilarious as a human being. <laughs> it's just so great because a year and a half ago he said, if you guys ever see me get Johnny Manziel syndrome, smack me with your microphone. You say they should smack him? They should have they smacked him a year ago. Uh, he was too busy trying to beat that uh, <laughs> alleged... <laughs> Well, the great thing is, you know, he got busted for actually, he actually got busted for breaking a law that he couldn't, he couldn't get out of, you know, back in you know, you know, March or February. Florida State and Florida players are always uh, flying close to the... Close, yes. <laughs> Just a nice, a nice close shave. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he actually got arrested for shoplifting. 
Yeah, yeah. And yeah, thankfully sure. it was during baseball season, <laughs> and he happens to play baseball at Florida State too. So, you know, they gave him a, a very stern punishment. They gave him a suspension for a three-game series, what we call a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. <laughs> yeah. So he got to go party yeah. <laughs> when everybody else was at the game. And <laughs> thankfully that meant that for come, come football season, there was no further discipline necessary. It's already been taken care of. Yeah. Solved. Yeah. And now I guess he, I don't even know what I'm. This is how out of touch I am with the internet at this point. He got up on a table at, in one of the quads at Florida State and did some sort of sexually inappropriate meme screaming thing. I, I honestly don't even know what it was. I'm sure it's all over the internet, oh, but just I just don't care. As you speak, I'll uh, I'll be your. Uh, oh, I have to talk right now. Snurtly, because I kind of got to pee too. Okay, well, hey, I got something here, something here, something here. So. uh this, uh, as our, our listeners may or may not know, we do tout this quite a bit, that we're in Long Beach, and I went to uh, my first high school game in a long-ass while, and it was kind of fun. Uh, we talked about this before the show started, but uh, what I'm going to bring up is that uh, Snoop, Snoop Dog, Snoop the Loop, Snoop, who apparently, so when I said Snoop Dog, my son said, He's evolved. <laughs> He's Snoop Lion now. He, 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 he wavers back what? Just like Prince. Yeah, yeah. Anyhow, that being said, he uh, donated the uniforms oh, to yeah. He's donated a lot of shit. Uh, Long Beach Poly, because that's where he went. And uh, one, of the, one of the high school. Well, well yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, you know. <laughs> Anyhow, he went there. And I got to tell you, there were some sharp-looking uniforms that we it was fun and the public announcer there he you know he's talking he there was a number of times where they they wanted to thank the sponsors uh-huh. we want to thank snoop dog it was really funny it's like it's all official like yeah. we want to thank snoop dog for the wonderful new uniforms uh snoop dog and adidas donated blah 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 blah, blah. and uh but they they look good out there I gotta tell you, they they were a good looking team. They were well dressed, and uh, so that was kind of fun. Rocking the green and gold. We were green and black. Ooh. That's Snoop's thing. So apparently, the uh, there's two uniforms. Bottoms are black, tops are black. Away and home, they're traditional poly green. So black green, and then the the helmet. Home or away? There's just like not multiple. It's not college here. Uh, they got uh, a black helmet, which is new for Polly. Apparently, Polly's always had gold a, helmets. Gold. They always had gold helmets. They're black with a really cool, um, well-designed uh, gold jackrabbit logo on either side. So uh, that was kind of cool to see. He, uh, just uh, for people know, he he's donated uh, to the. Youth, the youth football team down down in the same area. And uh-huh. He's actually coached it one year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really? Yeah, for reality a, TV purposes. Oh, well, and okay. because his son was playing. Yeah. All right. Well, he's, he's, he's done a lot for. Uh, he he does give back to the community. He does. does. It, it was cool. It was cool to see. They were nice uniforms. So. Uh, uh, nicer than anything I ever wore playing high school. Back to what you were talking about. Uh, Winston was suspended for the first half of the Seminoles games against Clemson. Uh, the punishment is a result of Winston's allegedly 
Allegedly. Allegedly. If he's punished, well, we could we could remove the allegedly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Convictedly. Yeah. <laughs> Standing on a table near FSU Student Union Tuesday and screaming obscenities, which mimicked a popular internet meme. The, frame, the, the phrase is of a sexual nature, and depending on your age, might range from being utterly offensive to tacky, or sadly, even funny, if you heard it. And see, this is, this is, the, this is what I read, too. And yeah, I didn't want to research on Twitter, because Twitter is where my brain goes to die. And I didn't want to look on YouTube because... see what it actually was, right? Yeah. Because okay, so, they don't say what it was. Yeah. And I like... I like and I read three different articles, and they were all of the same but here's very the thing. nondescript. Here, just on, this, on, on, the, on the reporting of this, okay, it says, depending on your age, might range from being utterly offensive to tacky. And then in parentheses, they say, or sadly even funny. Well, you know, what? if you think it's... Some people find it even funny, why is it that just right after ta- or tacky? Tacky or even funny. Was this who was who this article? Was this Ivan Mizo? Oh, you want to know who exactly? Who yeah, because I I read this one, but I can't remember who wrote this. This one. was written by uh, Mark Schlebeck. Schlebeck. Yeah, so he he editorializes a lot. Well, you know, keep that shite to yourself. I agree, man. Be a journalist if you're going to work for the self-proclaimed leader. So basically, he did something that 20 years ago. Would have been, uh, hey, kid, there were some people in the bar when you did that. Don't, don't do that don't again. Do that again. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but now we've got video and yeah. proof, so now we've got to suspend you or wait, wait, punish you to, in some wait, way. Wait, wait, wait. we got a big game this week. we got a big game. So we're going to suspend you for the first half. For the first, first half. First half. First quarter. First quarter. I do have to give him credit. They did suspend him for the half. There's a half of the half? Okay. The whole half. But I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the whole entire half. <laughs> but because they are playing a, a team, a, ra- a, a ranked, ranked team, team yes. with the Pulse uh, in a conference game nonetheless. But So basically what this guy did was – he did a he had a good time. Basically, he had a good time. Yeah, basically, what he, he had did a good time. is what every other 18, college, eighteen to twenty year old college kid has probably done something that's equally as stupid. Yeah. Except for none of them had this ridiculous <laughs> media scrutiny. No, <laughs> yeah, like, that this guy. I, like for instance, I remember. Okay, so it, on, and connected to this, the the backup quarterback for Miami just got arrested the other day for a deuce. And he is no longer enrolled at the university. And, like, I I remember getting arrested for not a deuce, but, you know, something stupid when I was in college. And talking to my dad a couple days later, that was a fun phone call. (laughs) (laughs) And and my dad says to me, so, I mean, what is your school going to say? What are they going to do? And I was like... They don't even know who the fuck I am. <laughs> I'm number two zero zero three six four nine two seven. Like, and as long as you keep paying for yeah. tuition, yeah. I can keep going to school. That, that was the, that was like my saving grace right there. Is that he wasn't paying for my tuition. <laughs> you fuckers were paying for my tuition. Because you know the state conned somebody into voting to let them give me money. But uh, yeah, that. I mean, Mr. Winston here has walked that line a couple times already. I Just mean, like every other FSU and, and Florida State uh, 
collegiate ball player. I mean, it wasn't Aaron. Uh, it was not Aaron uh, Hernandez. Hernandez. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Hernandez played at uh, Florida. Yeah, yeah. The funny yeah. thing is that when he played at Florida, you know, Mr. he was in trouble Mr. there all the time. But he was also good buddies with Tim Tebow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Tebow was trying to Tebow was trying to bring him to Jesus. Yeah, you know, straight him but, up, man. But uh, Tebow did actually have to pay his bar tab one time. <laughs> I thought that was my favorite part of any of the stories about Aaron Hernandez. One time when he, he walked out, he, on his tab. he got into some shit in a bar and had to leave in a hurry, and Tebow paid his bar tab. I was like, "That's awesome." He said, "I gotta hit you. I gotta hit you on Saturday, man. I got You gotta be open on Saturday, so I'll, I'll cover this." <laughs> That's my tithe money, bastard. (laughs) God will know when it doesn't hit the plate. Just this once. Just this once, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Because we all have that. We all have had that friend. (laughs) For sure. Are you talking about my friend Las Vegas? Yeah, you know him too. Yeah. <laughs> Except for uh, he, he seems to pull, pull me back in about once every few years. <laughs> 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 yeah. I mean, what I love about Vegas is all those gamblers, none of those things they have to put up into the casinos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh I'm so happy. As you're at the, I'm so, so happy that you care about the yeah. plight of the addicted gambler. As you're at the ATM yeah. machine, <laughs> which are everywhere with five dollar fees, exactly. and that's just the nice part. Where you at, bro? We got uh, more picks and everything else. All right, let's talk NFL for like two minutes. All right. Uh, biggest surprise of the weekend. What did you think? Obviously the Chargers and the Seahawks. Yeah, how about you? No idea. No idea. Uh, I Honestly, my one of my biggest surprises was... Indy? It was Philly yeah, and Indy. That, um, was a, that was a surprise. I, I really did not think that... Even though I liked Philadelphia's offense... I don't like them as a football team, and I don't think they're there yet. But Chip for, Kelly gets a lot of praise, man. For what they did to come back and uh, overtake Indy, that was an impressive effort there. Two weeks uh, in a row, down 14 points in the yeah. second half, and I and I gotta give I gotta give some props to uh, Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, yeah, man, um, he stepped up, huh? and and. The Redskins' offense just absolutely obliterated. Granted, it was the Jaguars, but still, they lit them up. And who was that guy? Who was that guy that Kaepernick stepped, stepped up for back in the, uh, a few years ago? Alex Smith. You think? Uh, you think? You know, I don't. I I don't think that RG three is done as a Redskins. Here's the thing. I I think that if you cat if you look at the two guys together healthy, I still think that in the long run with the right coaching staff. Robert Griffin is a better football player. And he's playing for Jay Gruden, right? Yes. And, and but but that's that's where he's in a little bit of trouble with this situation. Is it hey, this is Gruden's first year as a head coach. And he does run a traditional West Coast pocket passing kind of attack, and that is what Kirk Cousins came up in. Michigan State, as far as college football goes, is boring as all hell because they are like they're they're an NFL junior team. No worries. I'll talk to him. I'll talk, to him. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll talk some sense. Will you come get the bikes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever the hell that is. <laughs> but no, I, I, I think that for their system and for the head coach in place, I think that Kirk Cousin may be 
the best option going forward there. Uh, you know, and he's clearly going to get at least the next six to eight weeks. Um, <laughs> Dislocated ankle, which I was listening on uh, one of the sports stations, mm-hmm. and they had a uh, uh, doctor. One of those, one of those. Yeah. yeah, and he said to dislocate your ankle, you have to rip up all your ligaments first. Oh, yeah, yeah, that sounds. Oof. You definitely have to tear them to some degree, and and so I mean, he's looking at, if not surgery, then staying the hell off of it. Which and and this is where, I I, I honestly think he is done. With the season. Yeah, I mean, just because he missed half of last reg- season, regardless of what doctors say. I mean, he came back too early from his last knee thing, and it was very, very painfully evident on the field. I mean, there are times when guys are out there before they should, and they make a cut that they regret, you know, or they do something and they feel something click or pop. Or, uh, but when when he was out there in the playoffs, it was just brutal to watch. And it was like, good God, get him out of there before he gets murdered. And I think that, you know, as stubborn as we've all seen that Daniel Snyder can be, uh, you know, if you've been following any of this Native American imagery, yeah. Redskins stuff. Ain't gonna, ain't gonna happen. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that when it comes to his actual investment in his personnel, he's going to look at that and say, I would prefer that this guy be able to walk next season so that I can finish out his contract at least. Um, so I, I don't know how much, if any, of... Mr. Griffin, we're going to see before next August, um, and I think Kirk Cousins is a very capable quarterback. He so, is capable. He's definitely capable. Um, he proved it last year. Yeah. So uh, the last real shocker that I had this weekend was the Browns, <laughs> Cleveland, and I want to make this as clear as possible to all you ESPN folks who are <laughs> listening tonight because I know you're all tuned in every week. <laughs> Johnny Manziel tried his best to lose this game for the Browns. And Mr. Hoyer stepped in time and time again to win this game. And the Browns beat the Saints 26-24. Hoyer had like three third and long completions to convert. um, Here's, you know, the problem is... This is an ugly football game. So that means the Saints start out 0-2? Yeah. Yeah. You know... Wow. Pushing these guys, pushing these young, fresh out of college quarterbacks to play, they get a whole lot of snaps and to start their their freshman year basically in the, in the NFL. I, I I'm old school, man. I, I I think these guys need to carry the clipboard a couple of years, man. I think that's one at reason. least one, one full you know, season. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you you take you take let, let's take like Steve Young. Steve Young was a star in the USFL or whatever it was a yeah uh, USFL was mm-hmm. USFL. Yeah. He was a star in USFL, but. Carrying a clipboard from Montana made him a superstar in the NFL. You know, and, and I think I think uh, you'll see this throughout history. If you look back at some of these guys that spent some time backing up a guy, even a guy who may not be – who they may turn out to be better than in the long run, mm-hmm. just to kind of learn the system and learn the speed of the game and learn the intricacies of the game and, and how things move and how coaches call plays – it's very important. You throw a young kid into that kind of situation sometimes, you know, at the quarterback position. I mean, you know, if you're an offensive tackle and a defensive tackle and and even, a, you know, a running back, you, you can probably move up a little bit quicker. And back when the game was running back centric, yeah, 
which it was, mm-hmm. right? There was a time when that was the case. You like could when be teams had a running back. Yeah, yeah. You could you could be maybe the guy's like, okay, he's gonna come in here and learn the system, and but we're running the ball. Yeah, that's not that's not the way it is. That's not the way it is anymore. That like you're coming in, you're running the offense, and on top of running offense. You gotta pass the ball. Yeah. Like, you gotta do some shit here. Yeah. You gotta, so, you gotta do thirty all, to fifty you, times you got, a game. You got all your reads. You got to check downs, and and you gotta make the right, to make the right the decision. Game has become yeah. a lot more complicated. Way. And I think to expect a rookie, <coughs> first year rookie, you know. And I don't care where you're coming from. It don't matter. It doesn't matter. And we've seen that. Yeah. Uh, Was Brett Favre like that too? Didn't he wait for a while? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he was originally playing. I mean, he, I think his first year, first year, he's with the Falcons. Or yeah, something? he got you'd drafted be, by the Falcons. Spent you'd be hard pressed to find a player that was a first year rookie, like like straight out of like college to pros, playing and winning. Yeah, even if they did play. Even if they did play, they they spent that first season or two on their back. Yeah, you know, making bad decisions. So you'd be, I mean, you're better than I am, way better than I am as far as this goes. I mean, name somebody. I can't name. I don't know anybody who who came uh, out in, until the last five years. It was unheard of for guys to come out and play, start as rookies, and I think, succeed. I think and succeed. A- I mean, that's the question. Aikman started as a rookie, Aikman went but he one wasn't in successful. 15. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And that was, Ryan, that was Ryan three Leaf years was like 4-12 yeah. right? or 2-14 yeah. or something. I mean, yeah. Peyton Manning, I think, was 8-8 eight and eight or so as a rookie. Yeah. He, and that's as good as it gets. And he, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, right? I mean, we're talking like... Give us somebody. Years ago, yeah. yeah, give us somebody in the last five years. I don't think so. And, and it's Russell Wilson. Did he, did he, did he start? He, he, he didn't Russell start. Wilson no. started as a rookie. Yeah, yeah he did. Yeah. But did he succeed? He was. He, he was all right. Succeeded his second I mean, year. His second year. His second year. Super Bowl. His first year, they <laughs> they made the playoffs. They made the playoffs. Okay. Were, so he's the odd man. He's no, odd I mean, he is. Yeah, but and statistically, but what are you mean, looking at? You're but, looking at what? But, but right now, we're in a different... 2%? The 2%? NFL, and the NFL is a big monolithic beast that is very slow to change its thinking on anything. Right. And they have made a shift to where they are putting these younger guys into the fire faster and we've seen a couple guys actually be able to succeed. Granted, anybody who thinks that a quarterback is the reason a team is, you know, 14 and 2 as opposed to 2 and 14 is a dipshit. <laughs> but a, a quarterback can make the difference between a team being 14 and 2 or 10 and 6 or 9 and 7. I mean, in the right situations. So I got to give a ton of credit I mean, to these young guys. I mean, I mean to see to see Colin Kaepernick you know, as a second-year guy, come in and be the guy that no one really thought would do anything. I mean, granted, I don't know why anyone thought that if Alex Smith could make this team win, that Colin Kaepernick <laughs> couldn't. But um, you know, to see him and Russell Wilson and Andrew Luck and some of these other guys lead teams to the playoffs and even the Super Bowl, um, I think that the NFL has taken notice that you know, despite the fact that the NFL game has increased dramatically in its complexity so is the college game and these guys uh, the high school game i mean right now high school football is more complex than the nfl was 20 years ago i mean 
mean, well, yeah. things they're asking these 16-year-olds to do. Yeah. Well, hey. <laughs> well, your phone is going to take over the world in about five years, too. So, I mean, hey, let's just get ready for Skynet while we're at it. But, I mean, guys are coming in, and, and this was the thing that ta- people were talking about five, six years ago. Like, you guys remember Jimmy Clausen? He, quarter- he was a quarterback for Notre Dame. Yes. And he had older brothers who played quarterback at Tennessee. And he was from up in uh, Westlake. Thousand Oaks, that area up there. Same place uh, John Elway's from. Yeah. And he had, you know, this quarterback, tutor, guru, coach guy who coached him on the side when he wasn't playing during the season. And he got a scholarship to Notre Dame. And he never really, you know, he was fine at Notre Dame. You know, they were successful-ish. And uh, he got drafted by Carolina, played a few seasons as he started a little bit, backed up a little bit. Um, but he was a guy who his physical tools never really progressed the way that they hope guys will when they're coming out. But he was already – basically the idea about him was that he was already maxed out from a coaching standpoint. Like you, they've already squeezed every every ounce right. of blood out of this rock that they're going to get. Yeah. you know. And that's kind of where we are with a lot of these young guys at this point. I mean – the game, the trickle-down effect, and the increase in intensity, and the the extra, you know, the fact that there are 47 video cameras at every high school football game now, as opposed to one camera on top of the press box shooting onto a VHS tape, you know, I mean, all these guys, yeah, the game has ratcheted up dramatically at every level to where guys are more ready for the NFL. I mean, I still think that... For the most part, they probably should stand there with a visor and a clipboard and a headset and be doing fake signals and all that crap. (laughs) But, I mean, when they have been thrown into the fire the last few years, they've bucked the trend that we've seen for the 40 years. More so than maybe in the previous years, but still, I still think there's some... No, yeah, and for every every Andrew Luck and Colin Kaepernick and Russell Wilson, there's... There's uh, What's his name? from Jaguar, the, from the Jaguars from Missouri. Bla- there's a Blaine Gabbert, you know, and all these other guys who are top picks, and they get thrown out there. You know, I mean, they're just modern day Ryan Leafs, except hopefully they avoid it's gotta be drug rugged. convictions down the road. It's got to be in rugged. Canada. You, 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 <laughs> it's got to be rugged. You walk on, you walk into a campus, you know, uh, even a national football team, you know, and you look at your position, you look at the history. I mean, you if you walk into Notre Dame campus as a quarterback, and you look up and you see one of Joe Montana. You got huge shoes to fill. It's like being a running back walking on the campus of SC. I mean, you know, there's a whole line of guys that have won the Heisman Trophy, lost the Heisman Trophy, (laughs) gone to prison. But there's a lot of guys up there. When it comes to running the carrying the football on the the gridiron, you have some huge shoes to fill. You know, some of these places you go to, you might be better off just kind of paving your own way somewhere else. Mm -hmm. You know. I understand that you think and okay, this is a place where it's, they're going to they're going to set me up for pro level ball, but Brady he was like the 122nd pick out of Michigan, and oh, it was way lower than that because he was seventh round. Yeah. I mean, it's like 200 something, but I mean the it wasn't the top ten. That's for that. I, I remember when there were a hundred and. Um, 
now there's 124, and that number is going to just keep going up. And that's just that many more scholarships available and that much more playing time available for guys. Granted, it might be on a team where they're getting the shit kicked out of them by, you know, Penn State or USC or South Carolina in paycheck games, you know. But if you go out there and you run for 120 yards in that paycheck game and your team loses 56, Somebody 56 to 12. Somebody take notice. You're, I mean. Well, that's like back in the day. We're, we're, we're already 11 minutes older. I know. Back in the day, when I was getting Cal State Long Beach played UCLA every year. Until somebody broke their freaking neck, and then they stopped that nonsense. But <laughs> seriously, I mean, those are, those are the types of games you're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, yep. and inevitably, every once in a while, some guy would shine. Some guy like Terrell Davis. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who scored three touchdowns this weekend? How many players in the NFL scored three touchdowns this weekend? I can only think of one. I'm sure there were more than one. But ah. Anto- oh, listen, uh, Gates. Antonio Gates. Antonio Do you know Gates. where he played college football? Nowhere. Because he, <laughs> he played, played basketball, basketball at Kansas State. Basketball. That's right. Yeah. He was a he's a beast. He's like well, you you look at tight ends. You look, you look at tight ends like Tony Gonzalez. Uh, there's there's about a handful of these guys that I think Gonzalez played football and basketball, but a half, half handful of these guys were basketball players, and you know they're used to posting up. They're big mm-hmm. guy, some speed, some big hands. Yeah, and but, Gates, but as soon as that ball's in the air, I dare you to beat me to it. <laughs> yeah. Gates made a catch. Gates made a catch. One hand to catch. It was just unbelievable. I mean, I was kicking and screaming and hollering and mfing the whole freaking situation. But it was a beautiful catch. <laughs> it was. It was. Uh, and you know, the the, the Chargers are they are going to be a factor in the AFC this When week. Rivers is on, he's on. Yeah. And granted, last week, it was not. The whole team was not. I mean, he was the, the bright spot for the Chargers a week ago on Monday against Arizona. Um, but that's that's a team that, without Matthews for a good chunk of the game, and their starting center went out for the season last week. Nick Hardwick's done. They're, that's right. That's why those low snaps. Those low snaps. And and it was, there were some ugly ones. Yeah, yeah. That's why he said, I'm going under center. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that, that's a team that offensively can put points up just about anywhere. Yeah. And I, sure. I know that the Seahawks defense, and I have the Seahawks defense on my fantasy team, and I just took it on the chin with that one this week. <laughs> uh, and I was okay with it. But that their, their offense is going to be able to score. Not at will, you know. It's not like the good old days. Uh, last thing I'm going to talk about with the NFL. I'm screwed. Everything else I was just talking about. Darren Sproles. Sproles. This kid, it, he looks rejuvenated in Philly. I don't know what about what about what Philadelphia like four, makes four foot or makes what? anybody feel better about life. But he's got long touchdowns, two games in a row. Uh, he looks he looks like he's playing back in the Big Twelve again, man. I mean, he's a, he's a tiny man. Yeah, he's like five six. Yeah, like Muggsy Bowles. And, 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 and you know, I, he makes people miss. He does, he does. but he, I mean, he, he just, definitely does. Sometimes it's not even. He doesn't have to make anything. He just hides behind some big dudes, and, and then, a bunch of other big dudes run around looking for him, and, and they can't so see him. Since he sees the gap, and then there's a little zip, and he goes, because yeah. he's at full speed in two steps. You know that? Yeah. And he's exactly right. Because he's full speed. Two, two weeks steps. in a row, he's broken fifty-plus yard touchdown runs, and it's just—I mean, it, it was like watching him in college when he was at K State. It was like he's 
It's like he's hiding back there, waiting, <laughs> and then boom, and she's gone. And I have never enjoyed. I mean, I, I don't get me wrong. I love Danny Woodhead. Danny Woodhead's like my favorite little white dude in the NFL. <laughs> Probably a lot of people's favorite little white dude in the NFL because there's not that many. Oh, it's Wes Welker, and he's back. He is, yeah. Um, to his restaurant. Wes <laughs> Welker's in Oklahoma City, man. Yeah. Did you enjoy any, uh, anything yeah. off menu while you were there? No. No. I can, so Just I can, in case you have to pee in a cup I, I, anywhere I, 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 along I, I, the way. Yeah, I can, I can clear. I can clear. <laughs> Um, but Darren Sproles, man, I if if you can if you can look at that guy and what he does on the field every single week and not just get a huge smile on your face, then you're probably a defensive coordinator. Yeah. Because if you have a heart, so then you gotta true. love it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, I would not want to be a defensive coordinator facing off against Philly when you talk about Darren Sproles and Lashawn McCoy. And all the other tools at the, I mean Jeremy Macklin and what's his name Cooper I mean I I'd say no thanks <laughs> I'll go back to college <laughs> but it was another fun weekend in the NFL uh, college football has some fun stuff coming up SC has a bye week and they're gonna lick their wounds this week and then come back to it again uh, yeah. in a few weeks here uh, the the Bruins I don't know did we come to a consensus are they playing next week or not you got a bye week Gives Bruins have a bye week as well only time to, uh, to recoup he's gotta let his elbow patch up a little bit a little um, hypo extension there you know I just sold a bunch of tickets on StubHub uh, today actually for this Saturday Nebraska and Miami a game that many times in the past has been uh, a meaningful game in college football. This year, not not so much. Miami's already gotten thumped by Louisville, and Nebraska's probably in for two or three losses this season. So it's not like many of the, the games on the line for a national championship in the past, but uh, I was a little bummed to not be able to go to this this one coming up, but I'll, I'll get to watch it on, on the old telly. And I'm sure you'll be seeing the Huskers live at least one more time this year. <laughs> we'll see about that, but uh, we will get to our picks. Uh, let's do let's let's pay the bills real quick and then go to our picks. Yeah. Uh, DraftKings, man. All right, so DraftKings is the place to go for one day and one week at a time. Fantasy sports. You pick a team, and the, I found something cool about this. It's not like. Uh, some fantasy leagues where you you draft in order and it's like oh that guy that I wanted is gone now I gotta pick some other schmuck instead they have uh, salary cap leagues where it's just like you can spend 20 bajillion fake dollars (laughs) and each player has a value and so you get to just keep all your guys under the cap and you can pick the same exact team as somebody else or you can I mean it's it's just cool to not have to worry about the draft order and like oh I got screwed out of Peyton Manning and and this and that like you can prioritize and it's a, it's a different way to do it so they they have like all of the different ways to run the leagues so it's uh, it's entertaining and sorry did, did that burp come through on the microphone we need cough buttons on these things man Howard <laughs> didn't have one we're good <laughs> all right you talked me into it. <laughs> You know, model yourself after the best, so it's always fun. Yeah. And, uh, you know, 
I, I would bring a naked woman in to finish talking about I this. I wish you but would. <laughs> why didn't you do we, that? What about the website there? Yeah, go to swoopsworld.com slash DraftKings or click on the banner on the right side of the page and get a free entry into a 20-something lots of zeros dollar giveaway. It looks like a million, but yeah. I mean, I can't even count that many zeros. <laughs> so there is a lot of money at stake, and it's for free. So get to DraftKings. It's swoopsworld.com slash DraftKings. For all your fitness needs, go see our good friend Jack Nunn over at Rowworks, located at 5750 Boathouse Lane, indoor rowing, personal training, boot camp, and much, much more. Check them out. Let them know Swoops World sent you your first week's free. Where to bike Orange County? Where to bike Orange County is a book I wrote. It's uh, part of a travel series. Uh, and obviously I covered Orange County. Orange County is a great place to ride your bike. Lots and lots and lots of uh, cool places to go. Uh, lots and lots of bike paths. And um, Where to bike Orange Co- County covers the 85 best rides. 32 of those are kid rides, places where you can let your kid just go crash and not have to worry about cars and uh the other 50 something rides are covered the very recreational oriented they have everything from the very casual four five ten mile rides with lots of things to do to the much more challenging 50 mile ride uh each ride comes with a ride log an accurate map places to stop along the way and a little bit of history. So, where to bike? Or, oh, also comes with a companion app, which works very nicely with Google Maps. Had Swoop used that, <laughs> I would have been lost he would not have been lost in San Clemente. Uh, <laughs> so, you funny man. <laughs> but where, to, where to bike Orange County? Uh, you can you can find it uh, in the local bike shops. You can find it at uh, the local REIs, uh, Barnes and Nobles, and of course, if you go to the Swoops World homepage, you will find a link there, which will take you to that mega store known as Amazon, and it will be delivered to your front doorstep. And Swoops World will earn a few pennies along the way. So, where to bike, Orange County? Check it out. You know what? I, I, I neglected to give you a, a couple of information on Rollworks www.roworx.com or give them a call at 562-688-1716. Audible.com. Audible. Oh, my God. I got two in a row. <laughs> no. I gave you a Come on I now. Oh, man. I'm going to ask for overtime on this one. We're already over, man. Um, wrap this shit up. Man. We're yeah, gonna audible.com. Audible.com <laughs> is a cool way to listen to your, uh, your books. Uh, Swoop's been doing this for a while. I have been doing it for a little while, and uh, it's a great way, like, to listen to something you like, you've heard before, while you're riding your bike, you're in the car, you're traveling. I have found that to be the most beneficial, is when you're traveling, when you're on the plane, and you just kind of want to zone out and listen to something, and sort of snooze, and sort of, great way to go. Anyhow, audible.com has 150,000 titles. A lot of great, talented people are doing the reading, and and some of the more popular titles will have, we've talked about this before, uh, multiple actors reading, so you get this really cool, dramatic effect. It's it's an enjoyable way to uh, 
listen to your book. Uh, so what are you up to now? Have you moved on to we talked? Uh, I, I just finished. I think but I told you the Jack Reacher novel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I got a new uh, a new. Uh, what do you call those things they give you each month? Credit. Get a new credit. Yeah, one of those. <laughs> I get a new credit tomorrow, so I'll right. be uh, perusing the uh, the catalog. See, I, I've gotten behind, so I have a couple of credits nice. lined up. So I, I, I'm looking I, I, forward I, I to that. I, I want to back up on a few characters. Yeah, yeah, because because I was doing a lot of my reading for a lot of my longer rides or for the travel I was doing over the summer, and now I'm not doing either of those, and but I will be shortly. And so I'm I'm looking forward to catch on by those. And uh, as we said, 150,000 titles. Uh, if you go to the Swoops World homepage, click on the banner ad, it will take you to uh, audibletrial.com forward slash swoopsworld.com. And uh, if you go that route, your first download is free. So pick the biggest, baddest, giantest book that you've been wanting to read because you get it for free. Um, and... Obviously, we'll earn a few pennies that way. So check it out. Audible. Tri- oh, I just lost it. AudibleTrial.com. AudibleTrial.com. <laughs> and you uh, you can get, get some good reading in. There you go. Let's wrap things up here, guys. Uh, we're going to do our football picks. Last yeah. week's uh, results, I had five wins. T-Bone had four wins. Peter had three wins. Time out. You had six, I had five, he had four, because you have one of those games wrong, but we all picked it the same way. Did I? <laughs> Which one do I have wrong? We can always count on T-Bone to get that right. I just want to say that both of you guys laughed I mean, like when I was telling you about so you, UCLA I is... I remember now, because you gave me too much beer. So... Sorry. They're so... They're so beatable. They are not the team, obviously... That uh, you guys are confused. Dictated. Oh, you put on there that we all did. We all pick Rutgers. Yes. God damn. All right. Well, we all got it wrong anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So That's five, five, four, right. five, four, and three. <laughs> is right. All right. This one's usual. First up, Auburn at Kansas State. Ooh, this okay. number five, Auburn at number twenty, Kansas State. Timo. I can't in good conscience choose any team wearing purple, but I can't in good conscience choose any team wearing Under Armour either. I'm going to go with the the purple kitties. Kansas State. Peter. Auburn. (sighs) Well, don't put it back in there. Throw that shit away, man. Peter Peter went with Auburn. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going Auburn too. Uh Uh-oh. I'm in trouble. Clemson at number one, Florida State. The first half is uh, minus Jameis Winston. <laughs> You're up. Uh, Clemson, Florida State. No, I fucking know nothing about this shit. Scientific uh, method. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, I'm Florida State. It just seems Florida like a no-brainer. State. I'm going Florida State. T-Bone. Yeah, I cannot pick Clemson. Florida State. Army at Wake Forest. Uh, <sighs> Christmas. I don't even know. I don't it's know too what. bad football team. Yeah, too there. bad football team. And their uniforms right? are almost identical. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'll go with the I'll go with the uh, I'll go with Army. I'm going Wake Forest. I take, Did I jump out of turn. Sorry, I t- it's all right. I am going with Army. Uh, Florida at Florida team. at Alabama. Uh, I think it's. Uh, I think we're back to YouTube. Bama. 
Yeah, me too. Isn't Lane Kiffin at Alabama these days? Mm-hmm. No, no, really? I'm going with Florida. I might be. <laughs> He's the offensive coordinator, which is oh, where he belongs. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Alabama's been playing some good ball. <laughs> uh, San Diego State at Oregon State. Peter. I really like to go with San Diego State, but I don't think that just doesn't seem right. So I'm going to go with Oregon State. I'm going to Oregon State. I'm my heart says. I'm going SD, man. Yeah. Tebow. Beavers. Yeah. That's actually the, the good. That's the best. I know. I'm just going with my heart there. Man. Moving to the NFL. Uh, Tampa Bay at there. Atlanta. Who's up? Uh, back to me. I think it's you, man. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm going Atlanta. I'm going to the Falcons. Uh, Tebow. Tampa, the Bucks. Peter, Atlanta, Tennessee at Cincinnati. Back to you, T-Bone. Hmm. Tennis, no Cincinnati. Peter, Tennessee. I'm going with Cincy. You're just being a dick. <laughs> uh, Peter, Green Bay at Detroit. That should be Green Bay, I think. I think you're right. Although. Is Detroit 2-0? No, because they got smacked this week by somebody they shouldn't have lost to. Oh, Carolina. <laughs> I'm going Green Bay. T-Bone? Yeah, I got Green Bay here. <laughs> San Francisco at Arizona. I think. Are we back to you, T-Bone? Sure. Or is it back to me? Who is it way at? T-Bone? I'll take it. Right. Uh, I like Arizona here. You like AZ? Yeah. I'm not going to hear that from me very many times. Is, uh, is, uh, what's his name back starting? Or is he still hurt? Which one? Uh, what's his name? <laughs> Heisman Trophy, USC. Palmer. Uh, I think he's playing. We'll see. I haven't heard anything. Uh, I'm in trouble if I didn't. I just, in good conscience, can't pick San Francisco, so I'm going easy. Yeah. I'm going San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, finally, Peter, Chicago and New York. Which New York? Jets. Uh, the Jets. The Jets. J-E-T-S. Jets. Jets. I just fucking hate the Jets because they're not the Jets. They're the, the, the New Jersey Jets. and The New Jersey Turbo Props. Right. So I'm going with, I'm, I'm going with Chicago. The Bears. Just because I don't like... I'm going with Chicago, team. too. And T-Bone? Because the hurricane's name was Ditka. <laughs> <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> Anybody got anything? Uh, I think we can cover it all, yeah, Touching man. on what AD was saying earlier tonight, wrap it up and wear a condom. <laughs> well, Twice. hey, we want to we thank, we thank uh, Larry Lockhenderson for joining us tonight, as well as Jack Nunn, good friend of the show, AD, and uh, all those tuning in on TalkStream Live, as well as SwoopsWorld.com. And all the other ways you can listen to us right here at SwoopsWorld. Live as if you'll live, uh, dream as if you'll live forever, live as if you'll die today. That's not for us tonight. See you guys next week. Next week's guest will be in studio, the band, The Midnight Slander. I'm good. You good? I'm good, man. Good night, all. Peace. The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. 